Hey everybody, before we get started here, I know we usually shout this out towards the end of the episode, but I want to make sure that everyone knows that we do have some social media channels uh, that you can reach out and start a conversation with us on, either through direct message or through any posts that we make. Most popular ones that we're on are Twitter and Instagram, at CastawayPod, so feel free to reach out there if you want to, you know, and have any of your thoughts from this podcast and talk directly with us. All right, on to the episode. Welcome back to the Castaway Consultants Podcast, where we teach future Survivor players how to play the game while criticizing current and former players. Uh, On today's episode, we are going to be looking at Season 17, Gabon. I'm Josh Wessler, one of your OK co-hosts today, and I'm here with Ryan Stacey and Derek Kubicek. I think that they're just all right, but I'll let them introduce themselves. Uh, Yeah, I'm Ryan Stacey. I'm your resident super fan who knows everything there is to know about Survivor and precious little about most other subjects. And I'm Derek, and if you've been a part of these Rewind series for a while now, you know that I am the person who has not seen this season in the group before, and this is one of the seasons, and we're they're dwindling now, where I know nothing about it. Ryan told me that there were a few people that I may have been familiar with. Turns out just one. Turns out just one, and uh, I have been spoiler-free this entire time, so I, I don't know anything, and I'm excited to talk about and, and, and be that friend for you. Yeah, spoiler-free since 2008 when the season aired. Amazing. I have no idea how you're able to do it, even even though you live recklessly on social media. <laughs> Not recklessly. <laughs> I there, there's there's a fine line. I, I I choose my follows very wisely. Not wisely, no. Sure, sure. Up for debate. But like I said, we're going to be looking back uh, as this uh, part of our rewind series here, all the way back to season 17 of Gabon. We're going to be going through all the episodes here, so there's going to be a ton of spoilers. But ahead. before we get into that. The point of this podcast is we rewatch Survivor so you don't have to. There's 40 seasons of Survivor. You might not have time to watch them all, especially if you're vaccinated and going out and about and getting back to your normal life. Maybe you don't have time to watch all of Survivor. Maybe you do, maybe you don't. We still have the time to do so. So if you only want to watch a select few seasons of Survivor, we're here to tell you which ones are must-watch. So, gentlemen, we're into the pre-merge. We're halfway done with season 17. Gabon, is this must-watch Survivor? I'm going to say no. I really don't think so. I think there's one game mechanic that is not not new, but uh, one particular portion of it that is new, and that's really all we get added, and I don't think that it's a- enough to warrant additional discussion or automatically puts it into a must-watch category. And the entertainment value, I mean, I think this is kind of baseline Survivor. It's been fun. Uh, I'm going to say it's below baseline Survivor in terms of <laughs> that, gameplay oh, that's, that's That's fair. That's fair. I mean, like, baseline for having a good time. Like, it wasn't a miserable time to watch. No, no. You know, because baseline Survivor is good TV to great TV. I think that this is, like, okay to good TV. The cast is, I don't know, there's not a lot on camera for me to really get excited about a lot of the time. So this is well below my must-watch threshold. I feel like I've been a streak of yeses lately. Uh, this is a... No, when it's capitalized. Yeah, so I, I last watched this. I found it back in August of 2018. So almost three years ago to, to the date of this recording. And honestly, there's not a whole lot that I remember from it. And I think that is a good identifier for whether or not something should be must-watch, at least from my perspective. Uh, whether it's strategy, entertainment, the the characters and contestants on the, on the actual show. I feel like this is a very, not only forgettable season, but... A season where I just mostly nothing overall. So, yeah, it has its moments here and there, but enough to be must-watch? Probably not. 
So Survivor Gabon is an extremely polarizing season. One of the most, I would say. There's some people out there who say it is a top 10 season. There's some people out there who say it's the worst season of all time. Jeff Probst despises this season. He almost quit Survivor because he had such a bad time filming this season. Like, this almost killed the show. Survivor Gabon is interesting. For our purposes, and learning how to play Survivor, you know, strategy, consulting, good gameplay, this is not must-watch Survivor, and I don't think anyone on the planet would tell you it is. If you want bad gameplay and find that stuff funny, this is the perfect season for you. Because so far, there is almost no good moves in this season. Uh, It is an absolute train wreck so far, and I enjoy Gabon for what it is, uh, but it is not must-watch Survivor at all, in any way, shape, or form. But it is very funny. I would love to have a longer conversation with someone who puts this in their top ten. I mean, yes, the post-merge can always change my mind. We could finish strong here, but so far I don't think I quite have it breaking my top ten through seventeen. Um, so it'd be interesting to have one of those conversations, because I'd, I'd love to hear their point of view. Yeah. And the other people who like that are, are people who watch Survivor strictly for, like, the entertainment. Like, big characters, your, your stupid funny moments. It's that kind of thing. And I'm not knocking that for anybody. Oh, definitely not. You know, you can like Survivor for whatever reason you want. You can like television for whatever yeah, reason you I'm, want. I'm not knocking I'm not trying to take away a bone from everybody. I like a bone, personally. I just think it is a train wreck. Yeah. And for the record, I've also liked it just less so than other Survivor. <laughs> it's like, you know, it is like literally watching a train wreck. You know, if, if you watch a video of it, it's just like fascinating. You're watching this, this horrible disaster unfold. It's very just like the bone. And we're only halfway through this thing. <laughs> So no, this is not much to watch Survivor. From here on out, spoiler alert, you don't have to go watch the season. If you want to, go ahead. If this sounds like, if you like that kind of thing, go ahead and watch it. But spoiler alerts for the pre-merge coming up. We won't be talking about the winner or anything in the merge because Derek has not seen it yet. And by the way, I recently learned that there are several people out there who are re-watching Survivor using us as castaway companions. Uh, we love it. We love that. So that means it's time for you to leave as well if you haven't finished your Gabon pre-merge. So if we just came up next on your podcast shuffle, come on, gotta go. Go watch these episodes. Two, one, all right. Normally this is where I would throw in a big spoiler and I don't even know what to say. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, there's there's really, there's nothing. I guess the only thing I can say is uh, the only player that I was remotely familiar with was uh, Corinne. Yep. Because she's kind of all over the place on on Twitter. And then I also saw her on a season of The Amazing Race where she was partnered up with Eliza. And I don't shut up about her because I have a huge crush on Corinne. That that is true. You you have, even long before I even saw Gabon, you would always talk about Corinne as like one of your favorite players in a weird way. Uh, She is like... She might be the, the, the survivor player I'm most attracted to. Interesting. Yeah. Just in terms of, like, looks, personality, and everything, I feel like I would get along so well with her, and I just want her to insult me. Is that weird? Yes. That's, that's a little that's, weird. That's very weird. Uh, yeah. I, I, I desperately want to be insulted by Corinne. Uh, but I also want to have drinks with her. I, I did not think this podcast was going to take that direction. And I, and I don't know if I'm here for it or if I'm, <laughs> if I'm not. So uh, uh, I love Corinne. I have a huge crush on Corinne. So, uh, yeah, Corinne, uh, hit me up sometime. Yes, I'm sure. I'm, I'm sure she's listening. I'm, I'm, yeah, I'm sure she has your number already. Yeah, yeah. You no, know. Almost, almost guaranteed. Uh, no, no, one of the main reasons I want to go on Survivor is so I can meet Corinne. And, then and just, my number. Just, just just get into that like secret Facebook group yeah. that you know all Survivor players are a part of. Yep, exactly. <laughs> You'd be blocked so fast, bro. Probably. probably. <laughs> so speaking of the cast, Corinne is just one of the many uh, characters on this cast of eighteen people. 
every season, Josh and I play a little game, and we look at the cast photo and see how many of the people you can remember. Josh got four out of 18. Um, yeah, it's fair. <laughs> yeah, and as always, there were a couple of more that came up during the, during the premiere that I watched that I remembered, but I, I think four is about right for this season. So let's go over this cast. Now, I should say... At first, when the season first starts, they are not divided into tribes. They do a tribe pick, uh, captain selection, um, which we'll go over in a second. But ultimately, there are two tribes of nine. I'll just we'll just talk about them right now. We have the Fong tribe, which I'm sure will be a, a fun time to talk about. The, the only thing to talk about, really. <laughs> Crystal Cox, a former Olympic athlete from North Carolina. She uh, fun fact about her, you know, she won the, the gold medal in the four by four. Uh, 2004 Olympics. Other fun fact about her is she got her gold medal taken away because she was doing steroids. Oh, dear. <laughs> Whoops. Uh, and if, that happened after Survivor. Yeah. So at the time, she was like, yeah, gold medalist. Yeah, it's it's one of those things where it's hard to judge her too harshly because, like, almost everybody's doing but it. But she it's was just... the only one on her team who was proven to have done it. So the other yeah. three all kept their gold medals. You know, I'm I'm not nearly in the uh, in the industry enough to, to speak on this. Uh, we have Dan Kay, the late Dan Kay, a lawyer from Boston. Yeah, Dan Dan died a few years ago under unknown circumstances. Uh, sadly, yeah, a young guy too. You, I think he was only like forty or thirty nine. Mm. So really sad. Yeah, and he seemed like a really nice guy. Yeah, I've only ever really heard good things about him. Agre- so. Agreed. That one uh, that one really bummed me out. Out of out of the survivors we've lost, that one that one bummed me out because I I like Dan. G C Brown, a maintenance man from Portland, Oregon. Jillian Larson, a retired nurse from California. Ken Huang, a professional gamer from California. Super Smash Brothers Melee. Yeah, uh, he was the world champion. Yep, played as Marth. Main as Marth, main man Marth. Maddie Whitmore, a, per- a personal trainer from California. Michelle Chase, a music producer from Los Angeles. Randy Bailey, a wedding videographer from Missouri. And Susie Smith, a hairdresser from Iowa. Then we have the Coda Tribe. We have Ace Gordon, a jewelry salesman slash photographer from Florida. Bob Crowley, a physics teacher from Maine. Charlie Herschel, a lawyer from New York City. The love of my life, Corinne Kaplan, a pharmaceutical saleswoman from Los Angeles. Jackie Berg, a medical saleswoman from California. Kelly Zarnecki, a retail saleswoman from Illinois. Marcus Lehman, a doctor from Georgia. Paloma Soto Castillo, I think is how you pronounce it, a student from California. And Sugar Kuiper, a pinup model from Brooklyn, New York. Fun fact about her, she's actually in the video game L.A. Noir as a character you interview. Huh. Like, she, she's not playing Sugar, she's acting, because, you know, that is a very... Right. They had actual actors and, like, face recognition for that game, and she's one of the people you interview. Interesting. So that was kind of fun. I'm just playing along. I'm like, is that Sugar? <laughs> <laughs> what? <laughs> what are you doing here? Uh, so that is our 18 contestants of Survivor Gabon. What a... What a collection of characters these people are they are the cast yep and not that we need to get into it but maddie reminded me immediately of like a default create a player in like a tony hawk pro skater game <laughs> like that's really funny <laughs> i don't know why that was just he immediately stood out to me as someone that i was gonna enjoy just de- default uh no maddie's good maddie's good he's kind of like the sane man of this cast one of the few somehow he's the gym yeah yeah he's just always like <laughs> Looking around, looking at the camera, like, what is going on here? Uh, you guys ready to jump into these episodes? Absolutely. Yeah. Of Insanity? All right. Let's get into Survivor Gabon, the infinite labyrinth of madness that it is. Episode one, wants to see the elephant dung? That was my best attempt at a Jillian accent. Yeah. All right. So, tribe captains, we're doing the same thing we did in Survivor Thailand. The two elders, the eldest man, the eldest woman, they're going to 
be the team captains, and we're going to do a schoolyard pick of the tribes. The twist is you can pick anyone, man or woman. So it could have potentially been men versus women. It could have been eight men and one woman on a tribe, you know, but ends up being uh, four and five on each. Bob and Jillian are two tribe captains, and we do a schoolyard pick. And this is the last season we are ever going to have a schoolyard pick because how badly it goes. Both times they do it in this season. It is an absolute cluster F. <laughs> what is you if you guys were doing a schoolyard pick, would you guys pick like the strongest people or maybe the weaker people? Uh well, strength comes in all different forms, yeah, right? Yeah, okay. But I would definitely like to have a variety, and I would probably start with the most obvious traits because you can't see into people's minds to know what their personality is like. So I'm gonna I'm gonna probably start with the people who are the biggest and the strongest. Should Susie, a 40 year old hairdresser, doesn't appear to be very athletic, be the third person picked overall for a tribe? No, no, I take that back. Not counting the captains, so she's one person picked, then Susie. Should should she, Susie go in that spot? Uh, probably not. Yeah, but she's going to. Yeah, you know, I, just to echo what Josh is saying, I think you have to look at the people that you can potentially choose, and you have to see, okay, what skills, what characteristics are scarce and valuable. And in early game Survivor, when you have a lot of team-based challenges that are strength, you should probably hoard those resources as, as best you can and not pick Susie second. And I want to make it more clear on Fong, there's been no strong guy picked for that tribe so far. Jillian picked Crystal, who is looks like the strongest woman on the board. Fair yeah, enough. Sure. Crystal picked Susie. You want one of the muscle guys in your tribe. At least. You'd think. Uh, Michelle ends up getting picked last, and she's probably the second most athletic girl on the board, you know, after Crystal. Yeah. Uh, appearances alone, Crystal's not going to live up to her reputation. <laughs> and, and she will be the first to admit this in the season, in the edit. So, through the pre-merge, all those challengers, Crystal has won two. Yeah, it's hilarious. Um, regardless, I mean, yeah, Michelle gets picked last. Now, again, if you get picked last in Survivor, listen, somebody had to come last, have a good attitude about it, and try and spin it, and try and do something funny to the camera. And that is it right there. Good attitude. So, the rumor is there's always the pre-game stuff that happens before Survivor. You you go out to the location, spend a few days out there, you do like press interviews, you do your cast photos, they do medical examinations, stuff like that. You know, you spend a few days out there before the game starts. You're not allowed to talk to anybody. So you can like, but you can share glances. You can silently possibly communicate. You know, th there is game going on pre-game. And, you know, I, you, we're not the people to talk about that because we haven't played. Yeah, and, and also we try and stick to the edit that we're yes, given. what we're given. I think Michelle's attitude was coming out even in the free game, which is why she was picked last. Because I think what I've, what I've heard is she had a very bad attitude. Nobody really wanted her on their tribe. That's why she was picked last. So pre-game, you got to remember, you got to have a good attitude even in the pre-game. Mm -hmm. That's and insane. In the, well, I mean, even in the interviews, when you go for a final casting call, sometimes you're sitting in a room... Filled with people, some of which may end up on your season. I have read several times where people were like up there in the, in the top room, ready to go into the office with the producers, and they recognize people who would eventually be on the season with them. Yep. You're always playing You're Survivor. You're always playing Survivor. 
So the opening challenge is a reward challenge. It's just like a race up a hill, basically. But there is an individual immunity necklace at the top of the hill. One for uh, each tribe. First person to get up there wins. Marcus and GC both get it. Fun thing we see along the way is Jeff is running alongside the course. <laughs> yeah. Looks a little winded. <laughs> yeah, it, it felt a little bit like Jeff of old just for a second where, you know, he'd get down and dirty in the challenge with them. But then he stops like halfway through and is like, all right, whew, we're going to take a break here. And then we're going to get up to the top of this hill eventually. This is the type of thing like where you would normally see him just like getting like I don't know something like a uh, like a four wheeler or something just like <laughs> drive by, but like no, he he's just full on running. On I would own. have loved to see him drive by in a four wheeler, just run alongside him and like and, a dirt bike or something. And Jillian slowing the truck <laughs> and then floors it away. <laughs> Thanks, Jeff. Coda ends up winning reward. Oh, Coda won a challenge. We'll that, never that, see it again. No, we'll never see it again. So Kota, they, they get to work right away, and Bob immediately shows uh, how useful he is, because he's the oldest guy in the tribe. Easy first boot, potentially, but he's climbing on the roof and like fixes their roof almost single-handedly. Yeah, this is a really good move. We've always said that if this is your particular demographic, especially relative to your other tribe members, be very useful. And in fact, it might even just like be proving that you're a neutral and not some kind of drain on physical or emotional morale of the tribe. And he goes above and beyond. So good job, Bob. He's basically kind of the boy scout of the tribe. Absolutely. Like the wilderness expert. Yeah. So one thing uh, I should say is they were given, kind of like in Survivor Africa, they were given huts because materials are, are scarce. So they were given basic huts to start with, and but the roofs are basically just crap, so you have to fix the roofs. You don't and, have to build a whole shelter. And reminder, as it was in Season 3 with Africa, the wildlife here is nothing to mess around with. No. Like You don't drop these people out here with nothing. Yeah. That, that That's not a good idea. On the other tribe, Fong, Jillian annoys everyone by talking about elephant dung. Well, who wants to see the elephant dung? You know, we can eat elephant dung. There's things in there we could possibly eat. I'm trying to do a British accent. She's from South Africa. It's terrible. Ignore me. And she was saying, like, you can squeeze it and you can drink the water. And I'm like, this day is one. one. Day one. <laughs> this, this is not a day one thing. Like, why don't you wait until I'm dying? And then Ken and Michelle, they're going off to eat termites together. I mean... Sure, I, I guess if you really want protein, but again, it's day one. You don't need to, like, absolutely do this if you don't need to, but also don't go off on your own. And, and for the record, I'm okay with going off and eating termites. That one, that one's fine. I think asking people to eat elephant poo is uh, definitely a bad move. Yeah. That, that, that is not how to get in people's good social graces. Going off in a party of two, I do think, is, is risky. If you're inside of the camp and you're gathering firewood, I don't think it's that big of a deal, but... Like we are always advocates for around here, always try and stick with the majority. I don't ultimately think this is going to amount to anything, but no. Anyway. On Coda, Ace is a very boss. He kind of takes charge of his tribe and annoys pretty much everybody. Yeah, don't um, do this. Don't do this. But Marcus and Charlie, they make an alliance and they agree to sit back and let Ace dig his own grave. And this is a duo I love. So Marcus is kind of like alpha doctor man, but he's like taking a step back and he's not going to be the alpha leader. And Charlie is a is gay and is in love with Marcus. Uh, and it is just a hilarious comedic duo. It is. And I, I think some of them, we don't get much of Coda, honestly. No. no. Because, I mean. They win almost everything. They challenge. win almost everything. So we don't get to know almost anyone. But 
the Onion Alliance in general, every time that they're talking with each other, it's usually entertaining. And Charlie has some of my favorite confessionals of the pre-merge. It's usually just talking about how gorgeous Marcus's eyes are. <laughs> or how grateful he was to stay on the same tribe. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, it all started with uh, Charlie being picked by Marcus. Yep. Yeah. Yep. And he was so excited. Love at first sight. And, you know, to Marcus's credit, you know, it's 2008. It's a different time. It could have gone very badly. Marcus is like, hey, you know, that's cool. I mean, I don't really roll that way, but, you know, it's all good. Yeah. It's like, I, I don't foresee a, a relationship forming here, but, yeah, whatever. Yeah, it was <laughs> beyond well. I, mean, I, yep. I believe they're still very good friends. So, it, it was I would great. hope so. And I'm happy to hear that. Because I, I love both of them. Yeah, they're, they're great. Randy, over on Fong, gets injured when he hits his head on the shelter. And medical's got to come in and give him, like, three stitches. I mean, it's dark. Be careful. Be careful out there, folks. <laughs> Mind your head. Mind your head. And Michelle, like I kind of alluded to earlier, she's freezing. She's miserable. She's negative. Nobody besides Ken really likes her. Just not fun to be around. Like, yeah, Survivor's not going to be all fun and games, but yeah, people don't like a really negative person. Yeah, and and anyone who's going out there who doesn't have, I, I don't know, an, like a better way to say this, but like a lot of meat on their bones where like you are more affected by the, the chill of the night sort of thing. I don't know how to tell you to just like be tougher but just remember that Tina Wesson is your idol and she should be because she weighed either the same or less than you and never once complained. Courtney Yates made it to the end. Yes. Find someone to cuddle up to. <laughs> Courtney and Tina, just go watch their seasons and, and adopt their mental fortitude. You know, maybe don't adopt all of like, say, Courtney's mannerisms, but her mental fortitude in or terms of... Do you know, or do for my entertainment. <laughs> either way, that'll be fun. Don't have a bad attitude. Coda destroys Fong in the immunity challenge. It's going to be very common. Absolute destruction. Here's Ryan walking in to record audio for this podcast. And Coda destroys Fong in the challenge. And then he takes off the headphones and he leaves. We're done. <laughs> we just, just roll that over, <laughs> over Control C, control V. <laughs> Most of the tribe wants to get rid of Michelle for her attitude. Ken and Randy don't really because they, they see Jillian as the weakest. So they'd rather get rid of her. But if everyone else wants to get rid of Michelle, they're like, okay, we don't have the numbers. What can we do? We're going to go to tribal council. There's no leader in this tribe. It's utter chaos. GC kind of suggests, like, I don't know. We really don't need a leader. And then everyone else is like, GC, you'd be a great leader. Uh, how, how about we elect you a leader? Okay. that's a who And Jeff's like, who thinks GC should be leader? Everybody so says yes. And GC's like, ah, no, just, what? <laughs> just elected against his will. What just happened? This is the opposite of what I wanted. Hilarious and so unfortunate. What's that? Is, is it that movie Minions where I think Bob accidentally becomes king and they like put the scepter in his hand and the cape around his neck or something like I felt like GC was like, how did I get this crown? I don't want this. This is bad. This is very bad. Yeah. And it's like, <laughs> what can you do? That was just so unfortunate. But it ends up being eight votes for Michelle, one vote for Jillian. I'm glad they could be unanimous, but they really got michelle over jillian i need to maintain jillian is in her 60s i want to say yeah there's only been two survivor women ever in their 60s jillian and freaking sonia from season <laughs> one the first person ever voted out a survivor really we're gonna keep jillian over michelle yeah don't don't really like this move i i understand if you have someone who's annoying and and even on top of that negative just because yeah the negative aspect can like contribute to bringing a tribe down so i do understand that but in michelle's defense 
she was one of the only people who kept going through the entire challenge and putting in a solid effort. As far as the edit showed, yep. she was digging the entire way, keeping going on the challenge when at least half her tribe, it looked like we're just kind of sitting down and waiting for it to end. She was the first woman up the hill in that opening challenge. I think basically all three of us agree that on paper, this is the wrong move. And I think it speaks volumes to her personality and to the social game that, I mean, at least Jillian was probably contributing around camp. And I think they do touch on that a little bit in the edit. On paper, I do agree this is probably the wrong move for such an early game move. But I'm going to forgive the tribe because at least they could get on. Like, of all the things that Fong does wrong through the pre-merge, at least they came together for this moment. One thing that does annoy me about the season is in the previously on Survivor, Jeff dunks on Fong every opportunity he gets. And and I think I even messaged you guys about this, where I was kind of getting sick of it. Even when they did things that I thought were like smart, given their crappy situation, Jeff is like, ah, they're so stupid. Why would they do this? I'm like, Jeff, do you not understand basic fundamentals of Survivor? Because you you just dunked on a good move. And I'm, I I hate that. There's a few, there's quite a few times throughout the season where Jeff dunks on Fong for no reason. He's trying to force a narrative that Fong is the worst tribe ever, and yeah, they suck, but they're you know they do some good things, and they're really trying to force the narrative in there. But yeah, Jeff almost quit the show after this season. He had a miserable time filming this one. I mean, yeah, just take take it out on a tribe, I yeah. guess. Hey, if that is the case, it absolutely came across because why would I otherwise reach out on on our our little castaway consultant messenger and say? Like, what is Jeff doing? Why does he seem angry all the time? He seems so angry this season. Um, I I mean, irritable at the very least. Like, you know, he's 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 got he's well composed. He's good, and then just any little thing just sets him off. Kenny is going to have a fantastic move in this pre-merge later on, and Jeff is just going to dunk on him like, "Oh, look at the guy from Bond doing this stupid move!" Like, no, that was a great move. That was a really intelligent move. We'll get to that. Yeah, we'll we'll get there. We'll get there. Yeah, uh, Michelle must have just been even worse than the edit showed. Like, right. And I think they probably tried to give her a decently positive edit to make Fong look stupid. I, <laughs> I'm sure they, they, they might, they must have cut out some of her worst moments. That wouldn't shock me at all. But it's clear we're past the era of Survivor where they want it to be as tough as possible because Jeff gives the tribe flint after Tribal Council. Yep. And that also might be a predator thing. Could with, be that too. With, with Africa, so like, you know, you need to keep a fire going all night. That was a thing in the previous season. I That was what I attributed it to, but maybe it is just, all right, well, here here's your fire. We don't want this season to go completely down the toilet. Because Micronesia was a rough season. They lost three people, and they probably were like, all right, we need to dial back. And, and I was watching for compensation. I, I think this was the only time that I really saw it. Um, you know, maybe the, the, the clue and comfort on Exile, which we'll talk about later. Yeah. So. so, best player of the episode. Josh, what do you get? I ended up landing on Marcus. I, I thought it was mostly a toss-up between him and Charlie just because they were the only two that were really noticeable that had any sort of strategy, and they have a really tight twosome here. I ended up just kind of leaning towards Marcus just because of some of uh, his confessionals that he had. Just made him seem a little bit more strategically aware than Charlie. Yep, I landed on Marcus as well. Um, and for everything Josh said, and then I'll just add the fact that anytime you have two different lifestyles coming together, you might end up with some sort of negative chemistry that results in an explosion. And in this case, we ended up with something awesome. Um, and so good on Marcus across the board. Good on basically everyone Coda. I really like Charlie. I really liked pretty much everyone except like Ace on Coda. But 
uh, Marcus seemed to do the most. And Marcus also won that opening immunity challenge, so he's got immunity. Right, yep. How about worst player? Uh, I had Ace. He was the most annoying, and not only did it come across just through our screens, but it, it came across through confessionals, specifically, like we said, with Marcus and Charlie, where they're good on them, uh, letting him dig his own grave. There's obviously a negative side to that, that conversation, and then it's Ace. <laughs> so I'm going to give a dishonorable mention to Kenny for being so closely associated with Michelle, but he redeems himself by not saving her, not lobbying too hard to keep her around, and ending up on the right side of the vote. Therefore, I landed on Ace because not only is he irritating everyone, but we get a whole confessional segue dedicated to him kind of just being a, a tool by which other people keep the targets off their own back. Yep, it's Ace. You agree completely. Now, this episode was a two-hour episode, so there was two boots in this episode. So normally this is where we would talk about our winner picks. But since this originally aired as a, a two-hour episode, we're going to go through, the, go through the second part before we do our winner picks. Sure. So, yeah, this was like best of the first half of the episode. Yeah. Part two. Charlie and Marcus form the Onion Alliance. Because it has layers. Yeah. The, uh, the alliances are like ogres. They stink. No, they have layers. <laughs> I'm sure they also stink, too. Yeah, especially after 39 days. I, I would not mind calling this the Shrek Alliance, but apparently it's canonized as the Onion Alliance. Yeah. I love both. It's the Onion Alliance. They bring in Jackie and Corinne as well, and they decide Bob will be the fifth auxiliary member. Just He's not really in the Alliance, but they'll use him. I'll say who they don't... I don't even think they, at least on screen, show them talking to no, about this. They do it in the next episode. Okay. GC starts... To try and be the leader. He's delegating tasks. He's trying. That night, because there's people are snoring in the shelter, he stays up and he's like cutting wood or whatever. And he's loud, so other people get up and join him. And everyone starts talking. And this annoys Jillian. He's like, hey, can we keep it down? And Jillian, or, and GC just like blows up at her and he says he quits being a leader. <laughs> Whoa! That went from zero to 100. Yeah, your fuse needs to be a little longer than two inches. You have to understand that some people are really hungry. Some people are really sleepy. And sometimes things might blow up. Every time somebody else blows up, that is an opportunity for you. Now, that can go either way. GC decided to go the other way with it. And people are not going to appreciate this very much. I think being a leader, being elected leader is bad. And that's why GC was, you know, understandably not very excited about this, <laughs> this fact, this, this uh, impromptu election hosted by Jeff Probst at the previous tribal council. But then he's just like, no. No, and he just throws his crown on the ground, like, yep. and everyone, yeah, this bugs everyone. So probably don't do this either. I think the best thing you can do is, like, try and shed it slowly. Like, listen, I'm not a leader. It's just it's delegation, making sure that everything gets done. I I don't think I'm the leader, so it's more of like a slow shed at that point. Yeah, uh, he kind of does the worst of both worlds there. <laughs> yes, guys, Coda's gonna win immunity. But this time, it's a close one, okay? So Coda doesn't destroy Fong here. It's very close. Jeff. But Exile Island is back, and they get to choose someone to send to Exile Island. And they chose Dan. But why? Send, like, the weakest person to Exile on the off chance they will find the hidden mini idol and might blast someone strong out of the game. Yeah, let's all be clear that Jillian was the right choice. Sure. Yeah. Send Jillian. Why did you send Dan? Yeah, and there's because uh, I think we've had the t this discussion in the past of when do you when does it go from sending the weakest person to sending the strongest person sure. to to weaken the other tribe, 
And I think it's the the uh, distinction is more when you're sending someone after like the reward challenge versus sure. the immunity challenge. The the hidden immunity idol is at Exile. Um, when you get there, the twist of season is it's kind of like a Garden of Eden theme season where you can either choose your idol clue and you can go hunting, or you can choose comfort and you get to live in a little sh- uh, a little nice shack. You get a hammock, you get a little bit of fruit more as the show goes on. Like the first time you just get an apple, but each subsequent time there's more and more food there. Um, and you just get to chill and have like a little mini vacation for a few days. I like this concept. Yeah, it's visually appealing. And give choices. We like choices. There, Day- there is a right choice every single time. Yep. And, yeah. I, and I think this was production's response to like, hey, you can't just send someone strong there to weaken them all the time. Mm-hmm. Like, we're, we're going to nullify that a little bit because we want people to generally be able to perform. I, I felt like this was a great adjustment from production. Sure. It's a good medium. I, I like it. This is probably my favorite incarnation of Exile Island. It's my favorite so far. I will agree. Um, we only get it a couple more times. I think two more times after the season. So I'm, I think this is my favorite, though. Dan picks Clue, does not find it, comes back to camp. Everyone is suspicious. Poor Dan. At Tribal Council, he everyone like calls out his, like they're, how they're suspicious of him. He just dumps out his bag. He's like, no, I don't have it. Please don't vote me out. Yeah, and by the way, when you're going Clue hunting or you're going idol hunting... I don't think that almost anyone would have the same issue that Dan had where he just kind of overthought it. Yeah. Like, he's like, where could this sand pit be? It's like, this is a very large sand pit. It was I, the first clue. I, 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 don't, I don't blame I don't blame. And it's him. a very large area, too. It's a too. big area. Yeah. So it's fine. You don't know what your boundaries are. <laughs> this is a really cool survivor moment. GC and Kenny use Randy's glasses and make them into fish hooks. And they catch fish with this. This is awesome. We don't really get stuff like this. Too often on Survivor, people using their personal items to survive. Yeah, and and this is immediately after Coda gets fishing gear from a war challenge. Yep. So they're just like, yeah, screw them. I'm gonna we're gonna make our own fishing we'll, gear. We'll 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 fish anyway, and it and it works. So this was really cool. We'll catch our own fish with blackjack and hooks. Yeah, ah, exactly. Yes. I mean, I'm sure Jeff won't give them any props for this no. because this is so long forgotten by the end of the pre-merge. But this was a fun Survivor moment, genuinely. We're going to go to Tribal Council, and it's seven votes for Jillian, one vote for Ken. Just Jillian tried to get Ken out, but yeah, it wasn't going to happen. So I, I think that Jillian was 100% the right move, but I want to say this. Jillian, please read me a children's book. I want you to start a Spotify channel where you just read children's books. You have a very calming, soothing voice, and I love it. Uh, she is very well known in the reality TV community. She hosts a big event every year in her hometown or her town, Temecula, California, called the Reality Rally, where they get a whole bunch of reality stars together that you can, and then people join their teams. You know, you're on a team with some reality stars, and you compete in competitions for charity and stuff like that. That's really cool. I didn't know that. And um, she still does this. Yep. What she a random host. Josh, yeah, you get for best player of part two of episode one. Uh, I'm going with Marcus again. Basically, I, I, I'm focusing in on this Onion Alliance, and the only reason that Marcus stood out over everyone else is because he seemed like the main liaison between the subgroups uh, of people. With, like, Jackie and Corinne and Yeah, Charlie. between him and, him and Charlie, Jackie, and Corinne. It's, it seemed like he was the one that was mainly talking with them and really extending the invitation more than anything, so... It, that's really the only distinction of why I picked Marcus. Yeah, I fell on I fell on Randy for the this particular half of the episode, focusing on the Fong side. As a tribe, they were not overly dysfunctional this episode at all. They lost a close immunity challenge, and then they ended up catching a fish despite not having the gear. And that was one of the reasons that I gave Randy the, the nod, because I think that 
socially, you know, he's not GC and he wasn't Jillian. Uh, so he wasn't in a bad position. Dan, who's also in kind of a precarious spot because he gets into Exile Island, all of a sudden you're left with Randy, who doesn't seem to be making any waves other than the sort of positive energy like, hey, Fong can do this. We just need to come together. And then he's just like letting other people dig their own graves. Uh, so I, I fell on Randy for this particular part. Uh, I went with Marcus uh, for being the head of the Onion Alliance. Um, also, he caught some fish. So he's kind of the provider for his drive. How about worst player? Going with GC. One, he he was annoying, woke people up at night, and then ultimately he ditched his leader role in uh, A Blaze of Glory. Uh, I, I know it's not really the situation that you want, but when it just kind of falls into you like this, you just have to roll with it and do as best as you can with the situation you're given. Yeah, it's GC, and I'll just emphasize his blow up with Jillian. I think that could have been handled much differently, and had he done that differently, I don't think he would have caught nearly as much negative uh, negative backsplash. Yeah, if you get elected leader against your will, you got to roll with the punches, be the leader, try and get rid of it as best you can, and, and the best you can really do is try and re- make a really unified tribe, and hopefully you'll go into the merge strong and roll everyone else out. You don't want to be in that position... But if you get put there, there's not much you can do. GC handled it about the worst way you could have. Uh, now we can finally get into winner picks. So, Derek, who is your winner pick? I landed on a couple possibilities. I think one of the more obvious ones, based on alliances alone, could be Marcus. He's on a strong Coda tribe, and he, as Josh already so eloquently put, is the main liaison that kind of ties everything together for that Onion Alliance. But from an editology side, just based on confessionals and, you know, perhaps where those confessionals were, I was actually picking between two different people. Corinne, because she had this glorious villainous edit where she said, I don't care what I need to do. I don't care about your feelings. In fact, I will laugh if I need to do something horrible and cut you. And I'm not going to fall on her because that actually, I think, sets her up for a glorious downfall. But I mean, she will go far, I think. I landed on Randy. He had the first overall confessional, and by the way, we don't really know anything going on on the Coda tribe, and at least I can see Randy being in a good position on his tribe. He talks about wanting to be flexible and adaptable, and we haven't not had a tribe swap, I think, since season 10, so he's going to have a, a new opportunity eventually to make up some ground, and between all of the edit and, and the confessionals, I landed on Randy. All right. Josh, do you remember who your winner pick was back in the day when you first watched this? I do not, but I have a feeling that I'm, I'm going to, I think I'm going to pick the same person. Along with Derek, a couple of finals that I had were uh, Marcus Charlie and uh, Corinne from the Onion Alliance. And then uh, just to get someone in there from, from Fong, I did like Maddie uh, just because he seemed like a real good team player. And then I was going to say that I liked Dan, but. That was before he came back from exile. So cross Dan out that list. He's now one of my finalists. Ultimately, I am going to go with the so far the lead guy here in the, in the first two episodes with Marcus. I'm taking the bait. Hopefully, it will work out for me. But we've seen in uh, in seasons past that this type of survivor player can win the game. So I'm not completely afraid of, of picking them as a winner pick. Hopefully, it works out. If I'm so bold as to make comparisons to prior seasons of Survivor, this is not the Andrew Savage pick. That would have been Ace. Yeah, yeah, totally. Marcus is the Burton pick if we're looking at Pearl Islands. Sure, so. sure. For me, when I, so my picks are based off who I picked when I first watched the season. Uh, I was a freshman in high school when the season aired. I was very into Super Smash Brothers, so I picked Ken. <laughs> um, yeah. Good old Kid Ryan. But uh, now I would go with Randy. I think he's gotten more 
editing as opposed to Marcus, like we know a little bit more about him. He's definitely so far seems to be the sanest guy in the Fong tribe. And I really like how he talks about the game in this first episode and how he's like, these people are idiots, but you know, got to work with them and pretend I like them. Right. That um, that was exactly what drew me to, uh, to so Randy. I would have gone with Randy, but that's not what the game. Ken is my pick. Locked it in. All right. We'll see how these go. Episode two. She is obviously pre-op. Uh, this uh, has not aged well. Let's not talk about it. This is where Jeff throws just so much shade at the Fong tribe, and it kind of annoys me. Whatever. But not completely without merits, because Fong is half out of rice already. Maybe half of their rice after six days. Randy's like, hey, maybe we should just eat two meals a day instead of three. And GC doesn't like that, and they fight. Yeah, this is a pretty fringe opinion, apparently. I... <laughs> So and I, I, I don't even know what the normal amount of food like or like the eating schedule of just like a typical survivor tribe is. But if if I was if I had no idea what that would look like and I was going into Survivor, I wouldn't assume that I'm eating three meals a day. No, I, I going even in, if it's just rice. Going in at the start, I assume maybe two. I think Randy even says on camera, "This is Survivor. Yeah, you're not gonna get as much food. It needs to be properly apportioned." And um, Randy is one of the few people going into the season who was, like, a fan of this show beforehand. Sure. Um, there, there's not, not a ton of, like, big Survivor watchers this season. Randy and Charlie are big fans. I want to say Jackie, but I don't think there's a ton of other ones. Uh, a lot of people who hadn't really watched Survivor before. Some people didn't know what they were getting into, clearly. <laughs> Kelly and Paloma make an alliance, um, and Ace and Sugar make an alliance. Well, that's great, except that's... Two out of nine for each of you, and there's a, a whole onion thing happening, so, you know, good luck. They'll do it. It's fine. We get one of Derek's favorite challenges of all time. One person has to hold on to a pole, and the other team members drag him off. Oh, I love this challenge. Um, the Cliff Robinson Memorial Challenge. Yes. Uh, yes. <laughs> R.I.P. Uncle Cliff, but Uncle I, this, uh. this was a, a great challenge, as always. I love this challenge personally. Yeah, it's you just got to drag the other person off. It's hilarious. And R- Randy, I, I think they're pulling uh, Paloma off the pole, and he's like, "You're done. You're done." Yeah. And by the way, Ace, so I, I want to say nonchalantly. So I'm just gonna say like, chalantly says, "Uh, Paloma, why don't you go beyond the post?" Paloma's like five foot. She's the smallest person even. out there. Why would you do this? And I think that she hits it on the nose later on when she's like, I think he was trying to make me look bad. 100%. Ace and Paloma do not like each other. Ace is trying to set Paloma up for failure. (laughs) It's hilarious. So Fong actually wins a challenge. Oh, my God. They do end up winning. And they send Sugar to exile. Could have been Paloma. You know, she was terrible in the challenge. I mean, Sugar's not a terrible pick, but Paloma's the optimal pick. Yeah, I feel like this is a time when it's splitting hair, so I I don't hate the pick. Um, it's not I, a bad pick. I don't I, think you know the other tribe enough to you know be able to make the distinction one way or another. But but Sugar finds the hidden immunity idol. An epic trek across Gabon through a swamp finally leads her to the idol, and she finds it. It's pretty impressive because yeah, she's definitely someone who did not watch Survivor before this. I was not expecting her to to find this. No, I don't think anyone was. I don't think Sugar was. <laughs> Back at camp, Ace is really obvious about wanting to keep Sugar in the game. And he's like, yeah, we should, we should get rid of Paloma and keep Sugar. Like, she'll listen to us. Anything we tell her, she'll do. And everybody's like, oh, he wants to take Sugar to the end because he'll beat her. Don't trust Ace, everybody. Which is insane because we're, what, the third episode in and they're already talking about people they're bringing to the end. <laughs> so it's, it's interesting. I was just recently 
on Twitter in a, in a very brief conversation about Survivor, about the marriage of the social game and the strategic game. And I think some pretty well-known Survivors, uh, Sophie and Christian, were saying that those two are inextricably linked. Mm-hmm. I think this is actually where they divorce. Ace, this is a pretty good strategic game. But the way that you are executing it socially is awful because everybody knows it. They're like, ah, yeah, you know, good strategy. But here's the thing. You have to be a little sneaky sneaky with it. This is this is where this divorces. So like Ace clearly not a not a zero on the negative side. He you know he threw Pal- uh, Paloma under the bus. Uh, he wants to keep Sugar because he knows that he can, can probably control her and probably beat her. And she's looking for some coattails to ride. Maybe I don't think these are wrong reads. But if everybody knows what you're trying to do, are they even going to respect that? Come final tribal council. I <sighs> we are eventually going to get the best example of that. We're going to have a player. I'm not going to say who or when. One of the best strategic players to ever play. One of the worst social games ever. So, yes. To win the game, you need to link those two things. Yeah. You can have one or the other. And you can technically, you can win with one or the other. Yes. But to really, especially in Modern Survivor, to really pull this off, you need both. Yeah. Social strategy. Yeah. Ace does not have that. No. As much as he thinks he does. He <laughs> thinks he does. Because he's got this, this British accent. He's from America. He's from Florida originally, but he's got this like British <laughs> accent. He sounds like a con man. I think he said that he spent a lot of time in Germany or whatever. Yeah, I think someone calls him a grifter at yep. one point. Yeah, he he feels like a, a con man character from a sitcom. I swear, there's an episode of Community where this ace is on there. Basically, see to me, he reminds me of like a judge on like MasterChef or something. Oh, like yeah. like he's a. He's a little pretentious. You know, yeah. he's got, like, that air about him. Where, a like, little. If he, where if he was, like, really good at something, he'd be like, no, nah, I'm not good at this. I am the best at this, and I am the end-all, be-all when it comes to talking about it. You need to have less hubris if you want to be more successful at Survivor. Or you need to be better at hiding your hubris if you want to be successful at Survivor. Now, granted, we saw this. I think I would get along with Ace very well. Oh, I, I think that Ace is honestly a great person. I just think that his personality doesn't work well for the early game of Survivor. And I, I don't know that it would play if, well with a jury. Maybe if he was on a, a UK version where it was all British people and the accents weren't an issue. You know, he might do a little better. Uh, I really like Ace. I think he's one of my favorite characters this season, so. Now, I would watch Ace on his own travel show. Sure, like, Ace should be fun. If he wanted to just, like, travel around and experience different things, I would watch the heck out of that He's show. another one I'd be totally okay with, like, reading a children's book to me. I also agreed. So, basically, anyone with an accent? Basically, yeah. <laughs> but he's got a very smooth accent. I really like yeah. it. Um, we get a slip and slide immunities challenge, but the last piece is a hero challenge, where one person from each tribe has to do a math puzzle. Looks pretty tough, too. Mm-hmm. It's Bob, the physics teacher, versus Kenny, the professional video game player. And I think my dad lost his mind when the video game player won. <laughs> because Kenny's going to gonna come from behind and, and beat Bob. Bob blows his uh, lead, and, and Ken wins it for Fong. Fong has won two challenges, and that is all Crystal's going to win in the premier. That's it. <laughs> We're done. We're done. <laughs> Close the book on it. Sugar tells Ace she found the hidden immunity idol. Bad, 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 bad. Yeah, I mean, good on Ace for having this really close connection. Yeah, good on Ace, bad on Sugar. Yeah, bad on Sugar for proving Ace right. Like, yeah. I mean, Ace is right about precious little this pre-merge, but this is this proved him right. Yeah, she is his Ace in the hole. Boo! <laughs> 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 so Kelly and Paloma want everyone to go after Ace. 
I think they might have been better served to like suggest sugar because Ace is helpful in the challenges, and they could be like, we can get rid of his minion, and then he'll have no power, and that might have flown better because it's going to be seven votes for Paloma, two votes for Ace. Paloma's a fine move. I think Sugar would have been fine as well. I think the Onion Alliance could have gone either way, take out Paloma or Sugar, and they're fine. And I'm I'm going to do this again. I apologize, but I think again there was more going on here socially than we were let on because Paloma and Kelly were kind of a voting block. Ace and Sugar kind of a voting block. Bob kind of. In the Onion Alliance, but Bob certain, is now in the Onion Alliance. But confirmed. he, but he's the outer layer. But he doesn't you know? know that. He he does not know outer that. layer. So so you, so you've got five people, and I'm thinking that they're like, okay, listen, I think that Sugar and Ace, at least together, we want to keep Ace happy and engaged right now because he's contributing heavily. Let's just get rid of this voting block that has a little bit more of a negative attitude. We didn't really see it much. Paloma seemed to be doing just fine in in fighting for her life and everything like that. But we're gonna see Kelly later on. I know this is. You know, uh, results-oriented thinking. I apologize for jumping ahead, but when in doubt, keep the people that you get along with better. I wouldn't call it results-oriented thinking. I would call it context clues. Sure. I I think it's also important to be thinking a little bit ahead about a potential trap swap and everything like that. And if you can make, uh, especially Ace and Sugar here, feel like they're part of your alliance, even if they are the outer layer of it, then if something happens, maybe they can stick together and ride it out. Yeah, so who who will betray original Coda in the in a tribe swap? I do think that Paloma was a risk to jump. Yep. And by proxy, Kelly as well, if they end up on the same which side of a tribe will swap. Which will happen. <laughs> which, what's going to happen? So, you know, I, I like this vote. Yeah, it's, it's, it's fine. For, for the majority. I think you could have gone either way, and it's yeah. fine. And the reason you wouldn't target Sugar is that she might have the idol. Sure. Best player, I had Corinne. She's the one who pulled Bob into the Onion Alliance, and she eliminated Paloma. Yep, I, that was 100% it. I agree. For those of you who don't know, if you, for some reason, haven't listened to the first, you know, 32 episodes of this podcast, is Josh does not watch every episode. He watches the premiere, the merge episode, and the finale. If we have a tie on any of the episodes he doesn't watch between best and worst, Josh is the tiebreaker, and we both have to present our arguments. But if we both agree, Josh gets to do nothing. I just continue to sit here and look pretty. It's true. Worst player. I had Kelly. She she ends up calling out Ace pretty hard at Tribal Council. Ace gets, like, roasted at this Tribal Council by Kelly and Paloma. Uh, don't do that ever. Never roast someone at Tribal Council. Unless you're on the bottom and you're, like, you're about to get voted out, then go nuts. But uh, if you're, you know, Kelly, I don't know why she did this. Oh, wait, because she's bad at Survivor. She called out Ace Tribal Council. She ended up being on the wrong side of the vote. Kelly. That wasn't enough to bring her down to worse for me. I actually ended up at Ace again. Yes, he did get Sugar to confess to him that she had the hidden immunity idol. But again, everybody who's actually a power player on this tribe knows that he's a sneak, knows they can't trust him, and knows that they're just going to keep him around for as long as he's convenient. And he continues to dig this hole of having absolute, absolutely zero self-awareness. Like, sure, he called one half-court shot with Sugar telling him about the hidden immunity idol. But if you only shoot half-court shots all day long, eventually your team is going to get sick of you. So I landed on Ace. But he was successful at convincing his tribe to keep both him and Sugar. I The only reason that doesn't play it in for me is because Sugar could have had a hidden immunity idol. So even without Ace convincing them to keep Sugar, the Onion Alliance, not being stupid, would be like, it'd be a real shame if one of us got voted out because we targeted Sugar for no reason. And by the way, I have a dishonorable mention to GC for his handling of literally everything over in Fong, but Fong was not a train wreck this episode, which is why he didn't get it. So Josh, who is it? Is it Kelly or is it Ace? I'm going to side with Ryan here and go with Kelly. Derek makes a, a, a decent argument but in the end, Ace was able to, one, get information from Sugar, and two, keep both himself and Sugar in the game. 
All right. Episode three, it was like Christmas morning. Dan, Susie, Maddie, and Randy all make an alliance. Ken, GC, and Crystal also make an alliance. Wouldn't it be a shame if all the some of these alliances were torn asunder? <laughs> Poor Maddie's going to get separated. You know, he's finally in a group of four. Dan, Susie, Maddie, and Randy, the, the four kind of sane people-ish on this tribe. Maddie's going to get separated from all of them. <laughs> womp womp. Uh, we're getting the tribe ranking tribe swamp, which I really like. Everyone is given a piece of paper, and they have to rank the importance or usefulness of their tribe from best to worst. And those results are consolidated, and the final results are shown to everyone. By the way, I would fill this out to mess it up so badly. <laughs> like, I, there might be people listening right now who have seen uh, The Circle on Netflix. And I haven't seen season two, but season one, they do this thing where they, like, rank order people for popularity. And there's a moment where someone could have basically guaranteed themselves the game if they would have rank ordered it out of their actual order. They ended up being truthful and ended up not mattering. But I'm just sitting here watching. I'm like, oh, I would mess this up (laughs) so badly to try and keep any of my intentions disguised. So do it. Again, there's seven or eight different people's results being tabulated together. I don't know how much you can mess it up. But here's the final results for Fong Tribe. In order from best to worst is Maddie, Dan, Randy, Crystal, Ken, GC, and Susie. <laughs> womp womp, GC. The Coda hey, he beat out Susie. Yeah, he beat out Susie. <laughs> the Coda Tribe, Marcus, Ace, Bob, Charlie, Jackie, Corinne, Sugar, and Kelly. All right. A real uh, separation of gender roles there. Yep, yep. <laughs> and what's going to happen is Maddie and Marcus, since they're number one, they're going to get to stay on both of their tribes. And then we're going to do a pick on square pick. You pick someone from the opposite tribe all the way down. And Maddie's never been so sad to be first. <laughs> Staying on Fong. And again, the Fong tribe makes some interesting picks. But the one I really want to talk about is Ken. Because Ken has this genius idea where he decides to pick Kelly, the least liked person on the Coda tribe, the last person placed. Because Ace tells him not to because she sucks and she might flip or whatever oh that's brilliant for ken he can use someone who will flip on the coda tribe mm-hmm. yeah come Cause, on over cause at a tribe swap if you are in the uh the tribe that has been weaker the best thing that you can do now is get the numbers it's not about winning immunity anymore it, it really isn't you can't count on that you need the numbers the kelly pick here was brilliant Utterly brilliant. I don't even remember who he had the choice between. Was it like, Bob and I think Sugar might have still been on the board? Yeah, that that sounds right. Bob, yeah, Sugar, and, Bob and, and, Sugar and Kelly. And Bob's three, Sugar's seven, Kelly's last, and everyone is telling him not to pick Kelly. And he picks Kelly because he realizes, I can get her to flip, and we, we're, we're, we're golden. Yeah. It's brilliant. And Jeff is going to just crap all over this. Like, oh, Fong's making terrible decisions. Fong, Look at this. Fong foolishly picked the most useless member of CODA. Classic Fong being stupid. I'm like, no, this was a brilliant move. This was brilliant. Brilliant. Give give it its props. Like, come on. You, you need to acknowledge that there are multiple ways to play Survivor, Jeff. And this is why I think Jeff doesn't understand the game and why he shouldn't be a producer. But that's a whole other conversation we've had multiple times. <laughs> yeah, I don't know. I, I feel like he would have responded differently now just because, especially in, like, some of the recent seasons that I've watched, I, I feel like he'd, in, instead of accusing, I feel like he would try to get an answer out of it instead and just be like that's an interesting move why'd you decide to do it that way 
Yeah, Jeff was in a bad mood this entire season. <laughs> Sugar is not picked and is sent to Exile Island. Um, and she's going to end up joining the losing tribe. All right, so the new tribes, New Fong, Crystal, GC, Ken, Maddie, Ace, Jackie, and Kelly, and they're going to eventually be joined here by Sugar, because guess what? Fong's going to lose. Uh, and the new Coda tribe is Bob, Charlie, Corinne, Marcus, Dan, Randy, and Susie. Some of those people, especially Randy, are very glad to be off Fong. Susie recognizes she could be in trouble because she's in the minority on this new tribe. She's the, on paper, she's the weakest. So she's going to become the tribe workhorse and he's going to work nonstop around camp. That is a good thought. Yeah, she noticed Bob and how everyone was responding so positively to Bob doing a lot of work around camp. And so just immediately goes off to start hauling firewood. This is wonderful. I, I, this is the kind of observational skills that you need, especially if you're in a precarious spot. It is one of the few times I will be giving Susie praise in this podcast. That That is 100% fair. Jackie tries to make the Coda tribe like, oh yeah, we were so close over on Old Coda. We, we were such a close family. And Kelly's like, no, we weren't. Not at all. Y'all suck. And she's like, what? I thought we were so close. No, we weren't, Jackie. We weren't close at all. And that is music to Ken, JC, and Crystal's ears. And they pull Kelly in and the four of them agree to work together. Jackie, you're in danger. Marcus and Randy together destroy Fong in a kind of canoeing. It was like a mix between like lacrosse and water polo. But in boats. It was, it was one of my favorite challenges I've actually seen. Like it, It's not fast-paced at all, but I really enjoyed watching this. Yeah, and it is a blowout because everyone on Fong sucks except Ace. Yeah. yeah. It's really funny. I mean, and, and at least Maddie was trying to play goaltender, and he wasn't com- a complete zero on that, but <laughs> you still didn't score a point. <laughs> Kelly is horrendous in the challenge, as are most people, and GC wants to take out Kelly. GC, what are you doing? She's a number. <laughs> yeah, I messaged you guys at this point. I'm like, what is GC doing? Like, that is a question you can ask for most of the season. <laughs> yeah, uh, and, and by the way, he, he is the one who kind of talks himself out of it. No one else is the driving force to talk him out of that idea, but eventually they land on maybe Jackie being a better idea. But the fact that we even discussed this, are you kidding? Yeah. No, you're down in the numbers, bro. Like, on paper, you're down. You need Kelly because you don't know if you can trust Maddie. Right. Ken and Crystal are, are scary. Sugar has the idol, and they think she is closer to Ace and Jackie. They're mostly right. And so they want to just take out one of those two and just leave them less options. Oh, perfect. Tribal Council. Kelly does not do herself any favors, and she's like, I think I was better in the challenge than Ken and Crystal. Crystal does not like that. You just say you suck. It's fine. Like, just- yeah, granted, both of you were zeros in the challenge, but that doesn't mean that you throw the other person under the bus in Tribal Council for being a zero in the challenge. They are your only alliance members. Yes. Kelly. Do not bite the hand that feeds you. <laughs> so I really don't like Kelly. Yes. She, some could say that she was not very good on Survivor. I'm going to throw lots of shade whenever <laughs> I can because I really strongly dislike Kelly. Five votes for Jackie, two votes for Kelly. This was the right move. Yeah, the the one alternative that I could have that I could have seen was voting out Ace. Now, you don't want to lose every challenge here on out. So ultimately, I'm okay with it. But just, you know, Ace being vulnerable and being uh, sort of a, a beacon for the CODA members that are now here, you could have just cut the head off that snake and then, you know, Jackie would be forced to work with you the time being. And I, and I believe that she would have, but she'd go back to the Onion line of Alliance eventually. So ultimately, whether they do it or not, Jackie was a perfectly fine move, probably the best move. I like it. Derek, who did you have for best player of the episode? Best player of the episode was Ken. 
with the Kelly pick. I mean, Fong doesn't do a lot right, and Jeff seemingly hates this move, but Maddie was not in your alliance. You don't know if you can trust him. So the best thing that you can do is try and bring on an outsider from Coda that you can swing into your little alliance at three. And you want to know what? Slam dunk. You managed to do it. Love it. Yep. Got rid of Jackie. It was perfect. Uh, all the praise for Ken for this episode. Amazing episode for Ken. Now, the other side of the coin, I'm still giving my words to Kelly because this was a perfectly good new opportunity to start over. And somehow she nearly got voted out. At least it was discussed, despite her being the only guarantee that GC, Crystal, and Kenny had at retaining any control. How are you so bad in the challenge and socially that people are like, I am just so fed up with you that I will throw a million dollars down the toilet to discuss talking about getting you out. It's still Kelly. I don't care if she's on the right side of the vote. It was the worst. So I originally had Ace because he was on the wrong side of the vote. You've changed my mind. It's Kelly. (laughs) (laughs) You've convinced me to change it to Kelly. I was like, eh, but she's on the right side of the vote. But then I'm like, oh yeah, Kelly sucks. Uh, you've convinced me she's absolute trash. Uh, Kelly is the worst player of the episode. I love it. I'm glad I don't need to help. <laughs> it, it was honestly kind of hard to watch. There, there are very oh, I'm pre- sure there are precious few survivor players with as little self awareness. Yeah. Episode four. This camp is cursed. Sugar joins Fong. She reveals like, hey, yeah, I chose comfort because she was talking about like some of the the fruit and stuff in there. And like, okay, but why did you choose comfort, Sugar? Is it because maybe you already have the idol? Suspicious. Whoops. <laughs> so everyone thinks she's got the idol. Because she it's does. A, it's a fair assumption. This is kind of cool. We're going to get some cool nature stuff. Coda catches an electric fish. Shocking. <laughs> uh, like they're trying to pick it up and it's like zapping them. They're like, ow! What? It's electric fish. And just like humans do, then everyone had to walk over and start touching <laughs> it. <laughs> as long as you, the people who did it first are living, I'm 100% doing it. Yeah. <laughs> hey, touch this. It kind of hurts. Oh, ow. That kind of hurt. <laughs> hey, hey, get over here. We touched this fish. <laughs> ow. That kind of hurt. <laughs> and Fong, there's an elephant right by their camp. So then just like take a break and go watch the elephant. That was one of the cooler moments that I've that I've seen like nature related through 17 seasons was, you know, you've Fong, this completely dysfunctional like garbage truck of a of a tribe. Maddie comes running back, like sticks his head in the in the shelter and is like, "Everybody, elephant!" And then they all just go watch the elephant. And, it's, and like the elephant breaks a tree down. It's really cool. Ace and Maddie kind of canoe a little closer, which is like, oh boy, guys, maybe don't. But it was really cool. Yeah. I yeah a, little, a little reminiscent from uh, Africa when uh, Frank. <laughs> Frank, when Frank, yeah, Frank was waving his arm behind his back. <laughs> With the elephant, the elephant tail. Frank Garrison reference. Uh, we need more of those on this podcast. We need fewer of them. <laughs> I, th- I think one in uh, 14 seasons probably is uh, pretty good. Yeah, we're, we're doing okay. We're doing okay. So reward challenge, uh, Coda wins. Like every other challenge, like from here on out, basically, they're going to win. Control C, control V. <laughs> Uh, and they're going to send Sugar to Exile because she's been there before. Perfect. Yeah, th- this is a good strategy. I've got nothing, I got nothing wrong with this. Keep on sending her. And Sugar's fine with it. She'll just keep on getting her comfort. I think it actually did bother her yeah. quite a bit. She was getting food in the rest of her tribe, wasn't she? She felt guilty. Yeah, you don't feel guilty about it. Just don't rub it in. Yeah. Over on Coda, Dan is very expressive about how loyal he is to Coda. Dude, you just met these people. You know, it's a fine tightrope to walk. Susie has saying nothing, and she just works and doesn't talk to anyone. The other end of the spectrum. 
Maybe maybe try to find a happy medium. Like here. Uh, someone like Randy is going to do. So Crystal and GC get in this stupid fight. And Crystal's just like, oh, GC, you go eat rice. And GC does not like being told what to do. Established many times. Don't tell me what to do. Eat your rice. And she's like joking. Because yeah. he's like, I don't like it. Don't tell me what to do. And she's just like, oh, eat your rice. And then he just like gets so mad. And she later she's like, you know, I was joking, right? Calm down, you psycho. I also really don't like GC. You know, I, I don't like GC the player, but I've softened on everyone that I think is going through a mental breakdown sure. in their survivor game. And, and, you know, I talked about this last season where like I need to be softer on these people. So I'm going to be soft on GC because I really think that he had no idea what this was going to be like. Sure. And I think it's hitting him really hard. And after a while, watching him get dunked on wasn't really fun anymore. No, it isn't. So that's that's kind of my feeling on GC is that he's kind of mentally checked out of the game a long time ago. And he's just here because every time he survives, he gets a few more dollars. But he's he's not here to play the game anymore. And he almost physically checks out because he just disappears right yeah. for the immunity challenge. Just, is that this episode? Yeah, he just paddles away. Oh, that's right. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> every, like, I remember like next time on Survivor, GC disappears before a challenge. <laughs> what? <laughs> and everyone's like, GC! And we're just like, what is happening? And like they were saying, like, yeah, we're going to be a man down in the challenge if he doesn't come back. And then he finally does come back. And they're like, we almost had to leave without you. And he just said, that would have been fine with me. Like, yeah. oh my I, Yeah, I definitely remember that. So this challenge is really cool because Gabon has, is a lot of hills. It's a very hilly environment. We're going to get some really cool challenges that you really couldn't do anywhere else. But most of the players are going to stand on top of this giant hill and throw balls down. Yeah. And there's going to be two like goalkeepers, one for each tribe, with blindfolds and callers directing them. And it's a really cool challenge. Sugar's very bad at being the caller. Mm-hmm. But Randy is a great caller. And he starts just messing with Ace. He's like, hey, Ace, freeze. And Ace freezes, and he misses blocking the goal. Well, and that was the game winner, because uh, Ace's team was up by one, and then Sugar was like, run, got to keep going. And then Randy's like, Ace, stop. So he stops. The ball rolls right by him into the two-point slot, and they lose. Oh, and Ace is so mad about it. Like he He doesn't get mad at Randy. He's just like, don't talk to me. Like, takes off his blindfold, doesn't, like... Sugar's trying to console him. He's like, I'm not having it. Like, leave me alone. Randy's great. This this was a good move. Good, great move. Coda wins immunity. Control C, control V. So GC asks everyone to vote him out. Seen it before. Not the right move. Not the right move. Can't so, condone this. So I, I, I don't condone this. And I also think there's a better way to go about it. And we saw the same thing last season with Chet. Keep him around long enough. Just tell him, listen, you can quit. We won't think any less of you, but help us with this vote tonight. Why don't you take out Ace? I think this is a perfectly good time to get rid of Ace. He he didn't help you as much in the challenge as maybe you thought that he would. And Crystal is going to touch on this, I think, if not next episode, very soon. But, like, is he really that much of an asset if he's not much of a team player? He's always trying to play hero ball. I have a better pitch. Sugar has a hidden mini idol in her bag. Crystal is going to search the bag and find the idol. And Crystal has the idea, well, maybe we should blindside Sugar instead, get rid of the idol. This is the perfect time. We have someone who wants to quit. We're all allegedly voting for GC. Why not blindside Sugar instead and hold yeah. GC hostage? And and this is also a good move. That is the move that should be made. It's going to be six votes for GC, one for Kelly. Blindside Sugar, take out the idol. It's like the perfect opportunity, and they're not going to do it. It's yeah. a shame. Regardless, I don't think voting out GC for the rest of the tribe. Like, again, I would have been fine with a GC quit. You know, take care of your mental health. That's fine. Obviously, you're not, you're not here 
And honestly, you do more damage to the season by staying than by just getting voted out. But help your alliance, pull off a move, and then just exit gracefully. What's one more day? What's one more day? What's one more minute, even? Especially to help people who, you know, even if you're not on friendly terms with them all the time, you've got to have developed closeness, some level of it. So I don't like it. I don't condone it. I wish they would have pulled off the blind side. I wish they would have gone for ace, even. I I think taking out an idol was probably better if you weighed it all out, but anything other than what happened. Best player is Randy for uh, his performance in the immunity challenge. He sent Sugar to exile, and he is easily the most trusted and liked member of the new Coda, of the Fawn people coming into Coda. Yeah, I like what Randy's doing over on the Coda Alliance. I'll just add that he specifically caused Ace to fumble the last shot of the immunity challenge and ends up causing Fong to lose once again. So I am good with Randy. For worst player, I had Sugar for telling everyone she chose comfort over the idol clue, our poor challenge performance, and she left the idol in her bag. Yep, Sugar, leaving the idol in her bag. My note is no, 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 no. How many times do we have to say this, people? Don't leave your idol in your bag. No. Sugar's never seen Survivor. <laughs> uh, Josh, thanks for your input. Yeah. Uh, thanks for having me. <laughs> <laughs> Episode five. He's a snake, but he's my snake. Maddie and Ace make an alliance, and they both swear on each other's loved ones. Okay, that's fine, but you have to be willing to break that swear, and Maddie is not willing to do it, and that's bad. Correct. Um, their plan is to take out Kelly and Crystal next. Maddie, didn't you see Ace is manipulating you to get rid of sugar, to keep sugar in the game? <laughs> Come on, man. Yeah, you need to remember where the original tribal lines were drawn and who's still dominating. Now it's old Coda plus some of your Fong members. If you make it to a merge like this, do you want to know who's not assimilating? You, Crystal, and Kenny. So I want to talk about Maddie here a little bit. Because Maddie's kind of seen as like the likable sane man of this this tribe. And yeah, he's fairly sane, but he doesn't fully understand Survivor. He is only focused on who is the best at challenges. And he, he's fa- he fails to recognize there's a lot more to Survivor than that. This isn't soccer. You know, there's a lot more going on. And Maddie doesn't seem to get that throughout the pre-merge. Yeah, and when we said that earlier in the podcast, when you watch the edit, it's very clear that he is the sane man of this office. I mean, he, he is the gym of this office, 100%. But when you're losing so much... And you've never known safety. I feel like he's like our only saving grace now is to somehow come back, be go go into the merge even numbered somehow, and then maybe we can work something from there. But he's so singularly focused with these blinders that everything else around him, he kind of becomes unaware to. It's a big flaw, a big hole in his game. So even though I love Maddie the person, I love Maddie the character, I love him on the television screen... I think he is missing a big part of his game. Coda has some uh, problems with the food. Dan is eating too much. Randy really likes Dan. They get along really well. But he's like, I got to distance myself from Dan. Nobody really likes him, so I got to let him go. By the way, how many Good times job. do we have to say don't mess with the food? Don't mess with the food. Don't Just mess with the carried food. carried over the problems from Fong that they had. I think we found the reason why so much rice is getting eaten on Fong. <sighs> What's the one constant? <laughs> Sugar decides to give Ace the hidden immunity idol for no real reason. She's like, oh, well, now they'll just think that I have it when I don't. It's genius. It's genius. Now I'm going to get voted out with no protection. I have, I, you know. I have notes on Sugar's game. Mm. None of them good. What? No way. Like, don't get me wrong. I still think the worst move in Survivor history is James not playing Immunity Idol in Season 15, when he has basically a free pass to five. But, like, I've never heard this move talked about before. Everybody thinks you have an idol, so you give it to somebody else. 
That is literally the worst thing that you can do. And then you put yourself in that situation? I can't actually think of a move other than James that is maybe more idiotic than that. I mean, we've talked about using the second that you get an advantage or that people know that you have an advantage to use it as as soon as possible because otherwise they're just going to target you and get you out whether it's through flushing the idol or getting rid of a challenge because it's a threat this is a little different it's (laughs) the worst of both worlds don't don't get rid of it (laughs) and without playing it and i'm assuming she didn't really tell anyone no she's like maybe if she announced like hey everyone i gave the idol to ace target him (laughs) and what's even weirder is that at least in the edit Ace never even asked for it. He just said, I think everybody knows you have the idol. I think it was in your bag and they went through it and they saw it. And she's like, well, here's an idea. How about I give it to you? And he's like, uh, I mean, if you want, but I'm not going to, you know, sure. I'm not going to ask you, but if you feel like it, sure. Well, we'll play this. Like, I mean, yeah. When, when life gives you lemons, take the immunity idol, I guess. But, oh my gosh, this, this is so bad. Uh, and Ace has a confessional, but in the middle of confessional, an elephant interrupts it. It's really cool. It's like, oh, isn't that? Look at that. Yeah, I was just talking, and then there's an elephant that just come up behind me. Just turns around, elephant See, just See, that's closer to Jillian than Ace. Yeah, well, you know, I'm not very good. I'm not good at impressions. At the reward challenge, Coda's going to win and send Sugar to exile, but Crystal breaks down and cries at the challenge, and Randy makes Hunter going, wah, wah, wah. <laughs> Curmudgeon. <laughs> Oh, Randy. Oh, Randy. Now, as consultants... Don't do this. We cannot condone blatant poor sportsmanship. You can get competitive. You can get a little bit fiery. Not like Bobby John fiery. Basically roid rage. Don't do that. Don't do this either, where you're like rubbing it in their face. Like, come on, dude. They're miserable, and you're going to have to work with them to some extent eventually. But I also want to talk about, for a guy in Randy's position, he's distancing himself from former Fong... Very vocally, like, I will make them hate me to prove how much I'm with you guys. Like, they will clearly not work with me. This is how much I love you guys. So, like, do I hate the move that much? No. But under normal circumstances, I would say, like, don't do this. I don't think Randy should have done this, but maybe it did something. I don't know. The fundamentals kind of break down here a little bit. We are in Gabon. (laughs) The the fundamentals definitely break down here. Kota's also going to win the immunity challenge. Shocker. Maddie is like, hey, Ace, we should take out Sugar. And Ace is like, how about no? And Maddie's like, okay, we won't take out Sugar. <laughs> Good job, Maddie. Good talk. The negotiations were short. <laughs> you know, Crystal and Ken, they want to take Ace out of the game. But Maddie won't do it. They can't get him on board because he swore he wouldn't. So Ken goes to work on Sugar. And eventually he's like, yeah, you can't trust Ace. And she's like, yeah, I should get my idol back from him. He's like, wait, what? <laughs> you gave him the idol? But she just goes and, like, takes it back. Now, here's where it gets interesting. Sugar technically couldn't go back and take the idol. Like, if Ace had raised a fuss, because the idol is now in Ace's possession, is Ace's idol. Ace definitely had a case where he could go to the producers and, like, hey, she stole my idol. And he could have it back. Now, you do that and you're going to alienate people. So I can understand why Ace wouldn't do it. And make, you know, it was Sugar found it. Just, you know, don't poke that bear. Yep. But, uh, yeah, uh, Ace definitely had to argument. Like, uh, no back give it back could have done it and i mean honestly if he wanted to he could have done it and then voted out sugar yeah um because i mean she wouldn't be on the jury anyway but it's still ace's plan to bring sugar into the merge and as as a number going forward he needs her for the end game yeah 
And there should be a major red flag to him. Yes. Just like, why Why is she choosing to take it back now? Okay. You okay? Something's something up, sugar? And honestly, this was so subtle, I didn't even realize that it happened. I didn't even realize that they... Did they even really discuss it heavily that she got the idol back? I mean, they had a confessional about it, but... It was just... Uh, it was so quick. Trouble counsel, Kelly calls Crystal unstable for crying after the challenge. Oh, go to hell, Kelly. You know, some people, they cry and they can't help it. Okay, crying is not a sign of weakness. That is such a, you know, kind of sexist mentality and kind of old school. Uh, I, I don't like Kelly. Yeah, <laughs> like I'm, a, I'm a team Crystal here. Oh, I'm 100% team Crystal. If I was put on Fong, I would probably cry a lot. <laughs> it, it'd be one, it'd be one of two things. Both involve tears. Either like. Tears of sadness or tears of madness, where I am just going crazy, which is kind of like Maddie. Like, Maddie's just kind of slowly losing his mind because, like, the thing about the sane man being in the insane world is that the sane man eventually goes away. Like, I swear, even Maddie's hairdo, like, it starts out being a little more done up and then just ends up going crazier yep. and crazier as the season goes on. Like, that crazy island look yeah. that some people get. It's going to be five votes for Kelly and one vote for Crystal, which is so dumb. This should have been a split between Ace and Sugar to flush the idol. It's that simple. But no, Maddie, because he swore on his girlfriend or whatever, can't do it. You had the numbers. This is so dumb. <laughs> yeah. And well, and for that reason, if I can just get into best, I actually have Ace. I think because it was not in that tribe majority's best interest to keep him and Sugar around. Now, for some reason, Sugar gave him the idol. He doesn't put up a stink about her taking it back. I love his merge truce with Maddie because now he has this manipulation tool that apparently Maddie want, is totally willing to adhere to that'll bring him and his, uh, his partner into the merge. And through one episode, this is executed perfectly. I've ace. Yep, the alliance with Maddie, getting the out of Sugar temporarily, uh, talking Maddie out of going for after Sugar, eliminating Kelly, and Ace and Kelly hate each other. This is Ace's biggest enemy, and she's out. This is a solid episode for Ace. I'm a worse player. I fell on sugar. I know that she does survive, but it's against... It's nothing that she did to save herself. She gave up her idol for no reason, which is one of the dumbest moves in Survivor history through 17 seasons, and I think I might put it just at number two. She um, does take it back. She does take it back, but that was more of a... She was lucky that Ace really wanted to keep her around um, because that's not technically legal gameplay, I don't think. So... I did give a dishonorable mention to Dan for messing with the food and uh, kind of getting distanced by uh, Randy's distancing himself from Dan. So, you know, he's digging himself a hole, but at least he's on Coda and they're somewhat functional. My pick, I don't feel great about, but I'll let Josh decide on this one finally. My worst player was Crystal. She uh, fighting with Kelly and she voted out Kelly instead of Sugar, which is a stupid move voting out someone in your alliance. So I don't know. Well, that was not a compelling argument. It wasn't, man. See, I actually had Sugar for the the best of the episode because Ooh. she found an idol. <laughs> she didn't find the idol. I know. I know. Oh, oh, okay. oh, yeah. She found an idol in Ace's bed. <laughs> she, she reclaimed an idol. Yeah. I, I'll go with Sugar here as the worst. It, it's just more and more apparent that she doesn't really know what's going on. And yeah, I guess Crystal, that's, that's a dishonorable mention because she voted out someone who's a potential Alliance member, but... Who, who knows what's going on with Kelly? So is she actually in your alliance? I don't know. Uh, I would like to give worst player to Kelly, but I'm not allowed to. <laughs> yeah. Because voted out. Was this, by the way, was this the episode where Maddie said, like, where, where Jeff was like, well, Maddie, how do you feel this episode? Maddie, are you you got to be feeling pretty safe as you're, like, the one of the only, like, really strong guys in this, this tribe. 
What was was that this episode? I, I don't remember if this this episode, but this happened, and he's just like, "Yeah, but this tribe doesn't work on logic." <laughs> that was my favorite line from the entire pre-merge. I think was just like, "Oh, Maddie, you you probably feeling pretty safe. You seem sound." And he's like, "Yeah, but we don't use logic when we do things." So who knows? And, and like that's even including you, Maddie. Like yeah. he he's just like, "We are Fong now." <laughs> I, I am Fong. We are Fong. <laughs> Episode six, it all depends on the pinup girl. Crystal is going to spill some rice, um, and so she decides to make up for it. She's not going to eat that day. Doesn't want anybody else to go short. Uh, it turns into a big argument. I can appreciate what Crystal's trying to do. Just be careful with the food is basically the point. If you spill it, it's tricky. It's always tricky with food. Yeah, and weirdly enough, I think that Crystal played this about as poorly as she could because she was trying to pick up the race, but then she was kind of having a bad attitude about how everyone was trying to go about it. Like, oh, your face has said a thousand words. Okay, but listen, are you expecting them to just be like, oh, well, is your foot okay? You knocked over (laughs) half the race. Like, excuse them for being on Fong. Everything is going wrong, and then you kick the rice over. They might not be so mad at you as they are just like, Add it to the list. Yeah. Like, I don't know what we did to Santa, but we're on the naughty list, and this is ridiculous. And maybe Maddie and Ace could have phrased it better. Like, Crystal, we're not mad at you. We're just mad at the situation. And and it did feel like they tried to phrase it like that. I mean, you know, later in the episode, because spoilers, they're going to end up at Tribal Council, and Crystal blows up at Maddie, and Maddie's like, let me finish. And she's like, "Mm, I don't want you to finish. I've already heard what you have to say. And then he finishes very poorly because this is a losing battle and we're not getting anywhere. It's almost like these people aren't great at Survivor. Now, let's drop us in right there in that moment. Ideal scenario. Let's say that you can control your face and (laughs) you can control the fact that everything has gone wrong for Fong. Here's the right move. Crystal, are you okay? Are you still going to be able to perform at the challenge? You kicked a wood box. I think if you show concern for the person first and the food second, you may have been able to avoid this social speed bump. That being said, I think that what happened is about as realistic as it comes. But just keep that in mind. Show concern for the person first. You know, it's like if someone, you know, gets into a minor car wreck or any sort of car wreck and, you know, they're telling you about it. The first thing is like, oh, are you okay? Oh, are they okay? Not, oh, how's the car? You know? <laughs> I was like, yeah, your car, right, dude? Yeah. I know a story of someone who rolled over a car and they told their parents and their parents were like, well, how's the car? Oh, like that was their, nice. that was their first question. That's nice. So, you know, Good parenting just, right there. Uh, just common courtesy. So Koda wins reward uh, because sugar gives up in the middle of the challenge and they send sugar to exile. And by the way, exile is now appropriately named the sugar shack. Yeah. Cause she and Dan are the only people who have been there. Dan's been there once. Yeah. He Dan was there once. Dan was there first. Sugar finds the idol on day two and now has picked comfort every single time. <laughs> so she just gets to lay in a hammock all yep. day eating fruit. Not bad. Not bad. Maddie wants to take out sugar because she gave up the challenge. But Ace is like, no, dude, don't do that. And he's like, okay. We had an agreement. Remember, you said on your girlfriend's life, and I said on my mother's life. And Maddie's like, ah, you got me there. Uh, so they're going to take out Crystal next is the plan. Uh-oh, both tribes are voting somebody out. We're finally going to see what happens on Coda. Finally, because we've seen almost nothing. Like, yep. Randy's assimilating, and Dan eats too much food, and that is basically what we We know. cut there once an episode. Yeah. And just see what's up. Meanwhile... Yeah. Anyway. So we're going to have an individual immunity challenge, and it's the classic log roll. 
tournament. You gotta love it. I like the log roll. Mm-hmm. So it gets down to the final three. It's Marcus versus Sugar versus Ace, and they had to draw for spots. And poor Ace gets the middle spot, so he can only look one way. He can look. At, he gets to look at Sugar. He doesn't get to see what Marcus is doing. So Ace clearly got screwed. Now there. he could have turned around and looked at Marcus. He kind of made that choice. But come on, being in the middle was the tough draw. Yeah. Bad, but unfortunate draw phrase. But Marcus is going to win the log roll, and he gets to give immunity out to someone on the other tribe. He picks Sugar, right move. I love the Sugar pick because that gives... I mean, he understands that of anyone who probably has the idol, Sugar most likely has it. This gives her so much room to maneuver, and he understands that she's one of the weaker members of the tribe. So guarantee her safety, and then give them room to maneuver because she probably has an idol. Everything about this pick was right. It's win-win for Marcus because it's either an original Fawn going home, which is great, or it's Ace, someone he does not trust. Right. Mm-hmm. It's a win-win. And there might even just be some chaos that you create. Who it's knows? Awesome. More drama on Fong. Exactly what we need. Editing is actually really interesting in this episode. So we're going to go to Fong, deal with them and their tribal council, then cut back to earlier that day. We're going to go to Coda and then go to their tribal council. It's really kind of interesting editing. Yeah. Because they, they have like a, like Jeff was like, guys, the episode's not over. Stay tuned. Yep. We're not done. So Ken lies and lies and lies to Sugar that Ace wants her out, that Ace is like, oh, I got the idol from her once. I can get it from her again. And all this stuff. And he's just lying through his teeth. Now, it's not all lies because it was laced with a little bit of truth. And I think the, I think the key piece of truth was that he knew that Ace gave her the idol. Yeah, okay. So there is, it's not even laced with truth. He knows something that happened once, but none of the rest of this has happened. Ace has never wanted to take Sugar out. He he right. He he wasn't scheming and plotting and thinking about asking Sugar for the idol again. Kenny is making all of this up based on what Ace has done in the past. He's using educated guesses based on past events, and and he's creating scenarios that are actually possible. Very like it's believable. And oh, even better, Ace is going to ask Sugar for the idol, just like Ken said. (laughs) And Sugar's like, oh. I don't think you need it. I think we're fine. We got Maddie, don't we? <laughs> uh, but this is all BS. Ace has never been targeting Sugar, and he, I don't think he was ever planning on doing it. No. So she falls hook, line, and secure. He wants Ken's, to take her to the end. Ken's lies. It's awesome. Three votes for Ace, two votes for Crystal. This was the right move, but it shouldn't have happened this way. Sugar and Ace should have been on the outs. Ma- Sugar's got immunity. Maddie should not be teaming up with Ace. I don't know what he's doing. Maddie needs to be with Crystal and Kenny, and they take out Ace. It's the obvious move. Both Sugar and Maddie did the wrong thing, but we ended up with the right result. Sure. So then we get to the uh, Lakota Tribal Council. The Onion Alliance, they're, uh, they're going to kick out Bob. They're not going to tell him this, but Bob is out of the Onion Alliance. Randy is in. Randy has done such a good job consolidating with this tribe that they love Randy, and they're bringing him into the Onion. Oh, that Randy's so hot right now. <laughs> and the beautiful part about... Onions is that you can add layers to them. <laughs> you didn't know that? <laughs> so it's not like you have to kick someone out. You could just, you know, have them be an even more outer layer. <laughs> and by the way, I can't believe we haven't said this yet, but uh, don't like that, Bob. <laughs> don't like that, Bob. <laughs> Randy's like, yeah, I'll t- uh, we can borrow Dan or Susie. Either one, they, it's fine. And Corinne really likes this, by the way. So it just goes to show you that Randy really understands the dynamic and the role that he needs to play within it. He really likes Dan, but he's got to let him go. They are worried about the idol. Dan's been to exile. Could he have the idol? So Susie and Corinne talk. And Susie's like, you know, Corinne, I was actually going to vote out you, LOL. You do the least work, and I do the most work. So, uh, But uh, thanks for talking to me. Now I know who to vote for. And Corinne's like, oh, bitch, please. 
<laughs> oh, I love Corinne. Now, probably don't need to be getting so snippy, but I love it for TV. She doesn't do it with Susie. Yeah, it is. In, it is like to confessional until later. Yes. Um. But eventually, what's going to happen is they're going to decide to split the vote between Dan and Susie. Four votes for Dan, three votes for Susie. The right safe move. Yeah, I and and they somehow even got Dan in on creating the split. And Susie, they yeah. got them to vote for each other. Yeah, it's perfect. So, so it, was, it was very well executed. Wow, Coda did something coherent. Wow. We haven't seen almost any of that. And then here they are doing something good. So Dan goes out here uh, sad. I like Dan. Yeah. Derek, why don't you start? Who are your two best players of the episode? Okay, so my one best, and I want to go back. I think it's Kenny. I know that you kind of got hard on him for kind of lying through his teeth. Oh, I wasn't hard on but, him. But, but the fact is, is he lied through his teeth and saved his tribe from making the wrong move. He saved the tribe from Maddie's idiocy by playing on Sugar's ignorance and naivety. And he made an educated guess, and he called a shot. He was Smeagol to Frodo. He's like, he will ask you for it. Just you wait. He, he, yeah, you know Sam knows. Kenny, he, Kenny is he, like the golem of Survivor. So he he wants it. He'll ask you for it. I see him watching, and then just later that episode, you know, share the load, share the load, and then Sugar's like, he warned me of this. Boom, votes out Ace. I love the move. So uh, my first best player has to go to Kenny. For my second best player, I actually ended up with Marcus, and I think it's just because he is in this strong power alliance. And we've already seen Randy sort of assimilate in, so I didn't give him credit for, like, Bob being on the outs, though Marcus did verbalize it this episode. We'd already kind of seen it and known it already. So honorable mention to Randy, but Marcus, he's flexible, and now we've got proven battle lines in the Coda Alliance, finally, and Marcus is on the right side of it and in the best position. So I'm with you with Marcus. Uh, He sent Sugar to exile. He won immunity. He gave Sugar immunity. Main alliance with Randy, split the vote to eliminate Dan. All great. Um, but I also ended up giving it to Randy over Ken, just because this is the episode where we see him. He's in the Onion Alliance. He's made it. It's confirmed he's in. And then he did all this other good stuff. He sent Sugar to Exile. He turned on Dan and Susie when he, when he needed to and helped split the vote. So I, I just thought overall, I, I Kenny did good, but like, and I, I do want to give him an honorable mention, but I, I felt like I needed to acknowledge both. So I had Marcus and Randy. You had Marcus and Ken. Marcus is in. Who else is in, Josh? Randy Look, or Ken? Oh, well, now that makes it difficult because yeah. I, I think I think it's Ken then just because I think that I think that he had such an impact on that vote and it was not in Sugar's best interest to, to do that. And maybe it depends how you look at her game, but she was so easily influenced that it, it was just way too effective. Yes, Randy is officially in the alliance now, but how much of that happened during this episode? I don't know. So I, I think there was just a larger move here that happened from Ken. So I'm going to go with him. Okay. Fair enough. I'm not mad about it at all. How about worst players? Derek, who you got? Yeah. I'm going to do one from each tribal council again. I've got Maddie for being on the wrong side of the vote on a tribe with five people where he was in the majority. How did you manage to do this? And on top of all of that, he ended up getting snippy with Crystal about the whole spilled rice situation, which Crystal also handled poorly, but at least she was on the right side of the vote and making a move that was in her best interest. My other worst is Bob, because even though Susie said to Corinne very half-heartedly, and I do think that Corinne dialed this up to 11 and overreacted, hey, I was thinking about voting for you, but thank you for reassuring me. Bob is now confirmed out of the Onion Alliance despite having spent way more time with them and assimilating with Coda. He has just let Randy step in and replace him. So we've got this culmination. 
So, even though I really want to give it to Susie, we see very little of her, honestly. And ultimately, Bob is the one who's worse for the wear this episode. Well, this is interesting, because uh, both of my worst are, are different than yours. So, this is a wild ride. We got four different people getting nominated here. Oh, boy. All right, so I had Susie. She told Corinne she would vote her out. You don't tell people that. Corinne may have overreacted, but still, it doesn't excuse what Susie did. At Trouble Council, something we didn't mention is... You know, Jeff was kind of, you know, giving Susie a hard time saying, oh, you're the weakest one here. And she's like, well, no, I think I got more upper arm strength than Corinne. I mean, you could find a better way to say, like, eh, you know, but here's a better way to say it. Instead of saying you're stronger than Corinne, she's like, you know, I may be a little older, but I have skills in, in some areas that can be handy. Corinne answers that same question better than Susie. Yeah. I mean, he's like, I think we all bring different strengths. Yep. Poli- po- politically. Yes. Jeff may not like it, but who cares? I don't, I don't really care what Jeff doesn't or does like. Jeff Making Jeff happy does not get me a million dollars. It might get you right back, but, you know. And then, and then she was also the backup boat in this split. So if Dan had found the idol, Susie would probably be out. My other person is Sugar. She gave up in the reward challenge. She just, like, stopped. Uh, she got played so hard by Ken and turned on her closest ally, Ace, who was likely never going to turn on her. And, and now she's down an ally. Sure, and and my small like counter to Sugar, and it's not taking away from the fact that she has been naive this whole game and has been drug along. The fact that Kenny called his shots so perfectly, like if I'm Sugar, I don't know why I wouldn't like believe Kenny at that point. Like sometimes the stars just align. I was, thinking, I was just about to say that the stars align. <laughs> so, so like you know what? Sometimes with Marth, you get you you know you hit him in the, <laughs> perfectly in the hitbox and you send him off the stage. Counter. <laughs> and and you know what? Ace got Ace got hitboxed right off, just frame perfect right off the stage here. And so like, yeah, sugar sugar is naive, but in this particular instance, I don't hate her for it. So, Josh, you have four people to choose from. Yeah, all right. right, Give me my options again, because I got Susie and Sugar from Ryan. Maddie and and Bob from Derek. And you can choose any two of those four. Yeah, because we don't have anyone in common, so it's wide open. It's wide open. Oh, thank you. Wonderful. That's that's exactly what I want. So many options. Well, you haven't got to do anything this entire podcast. Thank you. (laughs) You know, that is is fair. I am worthless. Uh, Well, now it's time to prove your worth. Yep. Well, I think one of them has to be Susie. Uh, I I think she's probably the worst of the episode. For for everything you said, I think you did a really good job at summing it up. I was going to go with Sugar, but I think Derek defended her actually pretty nicely here and made a good excuse and put us in her shoes because I think I might have actually would just <laughs> do the exact same thing. Is how do you not believe him and like how do you not act on that? Especially when she's it's too ar- good. Like especially when she already knew that sna- uh, Ace was a snake. She's like, he's a snake, but he's my snake. <laughs> it's just only a matter of time, you know. So yeah, she was aligned with Ace, but I I really don't know which way to go on that. So I, I'm gonna leave Sugar out. So it's down to. Maddie and Bob. I was leaning towards Maddie, uh, mostly because it seems like the reasoning behind your Bob pick was more because of action by Randy. Yes. Than, than the things that Bob did. And and I agree with that. So so I'll go ahead and give it to Maddie to pair along with Susie. I like it. I like it. Especially with the whole stars align point that Derek <laughs> made, which is very good. Uh, yeah. No, I'm happy. You're welcome. I, I served a purpose. <laughs> All right, last episode, guys. Episode 7, Apple in the Garden of Eden. So after Tribal, Corinne and Marcus kind of go after Susie a little bit. Like, why would you say everything you did? Say you're stronger than Corinne and all this stuff. Susie, what's wrong with you? I mean, granted, they have fair points, but don't say this. You're playing a game. Save this for afterwards. Yeah. (laughs) Or save this for when you have a podcast about it. Yeah, right. (laughs) 
Crystal and Maddie over in Fong, they agree to have a clean slate at this point because Maddie's like, I'm on the outs. You're going to vote for me next. And Crystal's like, hey, I'm willing to put everything aside if you are. Excellent. Finally. About dang time. Good, mature gameplay. Whoa. Who would have thought it was coming? This is rarer than the elephant sightings. Like, I honestly think we've seen an elephant more than we've seen competent gameplay out of the Fong <laughs> tribe. Each tribe gets a message. Uh, there's going to be a feast and fun, a new tribe. Definitely the merge, right? They're definitely not going to pull the Survivor or Thailand uh, fake merge switcheroo, are they? No. Now, they don't fully sell it, yep. but they fake them out pretty badly. So they're all at the feast. They're having a grand old time. Ken spots a clue to the hidden immunity idol hidden in the feast, but Charlie sees it as well, so they read it. There's a hidden immunity idol here at the feast location. Randy goes and digs it up, and he's like, hey, I don't want this. Sets it down on the table. Any takers? And no one takes it. No one's going to touch it because they all say, that's poison pill. You take that, you're out. Now, I want to talk about all aspects of this. Let's say that you're Kenny, and you grab the clue first, and the clue specifically says, share this or don't share it. It's your choice. And he just kind of lets Charlie grab it and take it. Would you guys do the same thing if you're in that situation? Yeah. If I have someone who's like right there at the feast reading over my shoulder, I'm going to read it out loud at that point and just try and make friendly and not alienate everybody for a, an obvious advantage that everyone will see just because that is such a way to get yourself kicked out of the game mm-hmm. that yeah i would just read it out loud um sure i'd rather have it be an even playing field than this massive target on my back yep especially when you're right on uh the heels of a merge episode that that's a perfect time to get someone like that out eventually no one takes the idol and which i will we'll come back to in yeah. a second yes please because I, I i got a question for you guys but what happens to it is Marcus and Randy throw it into the ocean and toss it out of the game. Guys, Marcus is going to go home in this episode. Womp, womp. <laughs> so, okay, here, here's an idea I want to pitch to you guys. I want to hear what you guys think. So, Randy sits down the idol in the middle of the table. Any takers, I don't want it, is what he says. Is there any thought to picking it up saying, I'll take it, I'm going to play it at the next tribal council just to flush it from the game? What do you think? It, it, it's weird because I don't. I, there's a very short-term benefit to it, but you could immediately just get a little bit more attention. And and I don't think it's going to be bad enough to where it's going to be like, oh, you're going to be the next one to go, whether or not you have immunity. But I feel like there's not a huge benefit to it. And when you say flushing it from the game, historically we've seen that once an idol is played, another one goes right back in its place. Sure. So what are you really achieving? You're putting the mystery back into the game. Yeah. If you have the idol with you, you know you have it. And all you got to do is get rid of it. Target's off your back. New idols in the game, which you could find. So, yeah, it's flushed. It's recycled, I guess you could say. I, I think there is some merit to picking this out, especially if you feel like you're in a bad position. It just guarantees you one more episode and maybe something will happen. I would say, if I'm the bottom bottom and it's basically everyone against me or one other person, sure. Then, then I guess we could, like we can go with that as an option. Otherwise, I don't think I would. Okay. I'm going to be perfectly honest with you. Every single person there should have grabbed this idol. Okay. Every single person. There is not a single reason not to have this idol in your possession. One, let's look at survivor history. The old merge fake out. It may have only happened like once, maybe like part once, of another once. time. It you happened know, once. One legitimate time. No, wait, it did happen twice. Yeah, right. all stars. It happened, right. It's happened twice. Yes. So this is established. Now, granted, a lot of these people haven't seen it, but if you're going on survivor, we recommend you having seen all of survivor. Jeff has not said you are merged. That's a lot of ambiguity. Take the idol. Now, okay, 
let's fine, fine. You know, that, that that's kind of a, an outskirts outlier thing. You know, it's only happened a couple times, hasn't happened in five years. Anyone on the current Fong tribe take the idol because guess what? Coda has had a lot of time to bond and why would they fracture? At least this gives you a chance to get closer in numbers. Absolutely, everyone on current Fong should take it. Everyone on current Coda should also take it. Let's say that you're someone in the middle, you're in the Onion Alliance, or let, actually no, let's say you're Susie. You should take it because you're on the bottom. Let's say you're in the middle of the Alliance and you can say, you know what, we're gonna take this to make sure that there's no funny business because this idol is gonna get put back into the jungle and I don't want Fong to, tr to, to find it. I will use this to protect our Alliance. And you could even say like, I'll play it right away. Let's say you're at the top of the Alliance, like Marcus. Guess what? You are a great merge boot, buddy. Have you not seen enough Survivor? It might be nice to have that in your pack pocket because you've already got a massive target on your back. I think the only person who maybe has a strong argument for not taking this is Randy, and it's only because he's former Fong, transitioned to, uh, to Coda. I get him giving it up. That's an interesting move. It's bold. It's again putting his trust in his tribe mates. But again, I think that even Randy could go back and say, we're not merged yet. I want some protection. Current Fong might be really mad if I get switched onto them. Everyone has a reason to pick up this idol. Randy least of it, but the fact this gets tossed into the ocean irritated me to all ends. This was, this was bad on almost everybody. And guess what? If people are going to hold that against you, you get to add it to your survivor resume if some reason you make it to the end. Like if they're going to be like, oh, you grabbed the idol off the table and that's why I can never vote for you, be like, get your honor and integrity out of here. It's stupid. Why would I throw that away? It wasn't good for me to do that. Sorry, this irritated me greatly. I think I got to side with Derek. I, I think, you know, I can understand not taking it. I, I really can. It's a bold, risky move. But I think I would take it and maybe pl just play it right away. Yep. At, at worst, at, at the very worst case scenario, play it right away. You know, yeah. cool. Fine. It's out. If you do take it, I think that is your only option. Because yeah. yeah, you're going to get targeted immediately. Play otherwise. it the first time unless you win, like, the immunity challenge. And, you're, you know, but play it the first time you're not immune and just get rid of it. And then, because a lot of times when you play an idol, people will like, okay, they're not a threat anymore. People just seem to, like, subconsciously forget about you yeah. a little bit. Like, we get to move on from that. Like, the, you know, the, like there's, the, there's that release. Just yep. like, okay, we're good. So I think I might have taken it. I think I might have. It's, it's a risky move. And, uh, you know, I, I really haven't seen anything like that play out. But I'd be curious to see something like that happen again. Let's see. I, I honestly, if they stay merged in this moment and I'm, you know, I think that the people who needed it most were current Fong. Sure. Fong should take it and target Randy because he's going to be the only person who's like permanently sour grapes about the fact that you took it. Get him out especially if you use his idol to take him out of the game. There's a beautiful poetry in that, and then other people will be able to move on from it. So th this, was, this was idiotic gameplay from, I think, almost everybody. But it's not a merge. It's a tribe swap. Womp, womp. Wouldn't it be nice to have a hidden immunity idol? Yep. I think there's a little bit of uh, buyer's remorse right about now. Maybe if you hadn't thrown the idol in the ocean, you might still be in the game. See, maybe production was so mad. They're like, you know what? No. <laughs> <laughs> uh, they already had the chest with the rocks, though, so. I have a conspiracy theory that the merge episode, this was supposed to be a merge, and they realized that Kodo was just going to annihilate Fong with the way things were going because all the competent people were on the same tribe. They're like, all right, we got to mix it up. So I have a conspiracy theory that this is, uh, this is a little production trying to shake hmm. things up. Get out of here with your unfounded conspiracy theories. Take off your tinfoil yeah, hat. Yeah, there's my tinfoil hat moment. Yeah, you, you, need, you need to call out that you're putting the tinfoil hat on before you can take it off. 
Okay, okay, I had it on, it's off. You know, conspiracy <laughs> theory done. Cool, cool, cool. Uh, all right, so new Fong tribe is Charlie, Corinne, Maddie, Randy, and Sugar. New Coda tribe is Bob, Marcus, Kenny, Susie, and Crystal. So we'll see how this goes. All right, turns out Crystal and Marcus both have a mutual friend. I believe both of them are from the Atlanta area originally. So Marcus, one of his best friends, is Crystal's cousin. So yeah, just like weird, holy crap, you know, weird connection side of the game. Yeah, I feel like we've had a connection like that in the past. Well, I mean, in a future season. I, um, I know the one in the future season with, like, Dean and um, Kelly, but... Yep, uh, and then there was also one with Allie and Patrick in Heroes Healers Hustlers. There's going to be another one that you, you haven't seen yet. Sure. But yeah, just kind of a weird moment like that. It's kind of yeah. cool. Small world. Six degrees separation. And Marcus and Crystal make a deal. Like, hey, look, we won't vote each other out. But Crystal's lying. She's like, ah, I'm going to vote him out. <laughs> I love this. Yeah, it's a great move. The old, the old fingers crossed. I like it. I like it. Maddie tells Sugar, hey, Ken was lying. Ace was never coming for you. Sugar's like, oh, no, what did I do? What have I done? <laughs> I don't like this move. Because, Maddie, you've just soured relationships possibly between Sugar and Ken, who are both in your alliance. Why would you try and take your own alliance apart, Maddie? Yeah, not a great move. I don't know if Maddie is running on strategic fumes. Oh, I don't think he had any to start. And whatever was there, Fong basically just beat out of him until he, he was hopeless. I still feel like Coda 2.0 is going to end up running this game because Fong 2.0 and Fong 1.0 just cluster buckets. Like, ugh. So Randy, Corinne, and Charlie, they're planning to throw the immunity challenge and take out Maddie. This is a good move. They want to protect Marcus and take out a big threat. It's a genius yep. move. And it's another uh, another moment where Randy has been able to assimilate further with his tribe. Again, uh, Corinne is very happy that Randy's like, yeah, love Maddie. He's got to go. This is unfortunately not a throwable challenge, and I think tinfoil cap is going back on. Another point towards my conspiracy theory, because this challenge is... Basically an individual challenge. It's hero ball. You have to hold your arms up and hold these poles up against posts above your head, and the last person standing from either tribe wins. This is an individual challenge. <laughs> yeah. One person from either tribe can win it all. I think I think there's a conspiracy. There's a conspiracy going on. I do admit that if, uh, if we're keeping tally on the likelihood of this conspiracy theory to be true... This is an individual immunity challenge. Production didn't have time to change it last minute. The merge was supposed to happen. They're like, okay, but they, but we don't want it to. Paint those yellows. Paint those red. Yep. All right. We're good. <laughs> you can see the paint drying on it. Just don't pay attention. Uh, All right. Tinfoil hat's off. So uh, shenanigans. Tinfoil hat is off. Maddie wins it on his own for Fang. Oh, Fang. Now they changed the name to Fang. Yeah, Fang, because Fang has got really bad uh, connotation. So, now, the, so the Fang tribe is now it, and Maddie wins it. Uh, good for Maddie. He needed it. He needed that. Oh my God, Fang won a challenge. Yeah, Fa uh, Fang is 100% right now. Fang 3.0. Yeah. Yeah, Fang. Oh, yeah, no, Fang. Fang, 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 Fang. Fang 1.0. Fang is gone. <laughs> Fang is, is the Und best. Undefeated. Undefeated. So Marcus finally makes a final three deal with Susie. And it's kind of half-hearted, and he's just like kind of like talking through like how it would work. And he's like, yeah, you, me, and Charlie, final three. And I, obviously he doesn't believe it. I don't believe it, just watching it. It's not believable. Uh, Jojo says this best. It's just a little too late, a little too long, and she can't wait. Sure. I, what? Okay. <laughs> Listen, you already made Susie feel like an outsider. This is your bed. It's time to lay in it. Now, you can't give up. I'm glad yeah. that you're trying, but 
<laughs> Susie, Susie's got no reason to trust anything that comes out of your mouth. Yeah, you, 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 you screwed this up already. I don't know if you can fix it. Good for trying, though. But Crystal's be like, yeah, Marcus can't promise you that. He's full of crap. Oh, he, he might be right. It's going to be three votes for Marcus, two votes for Ken. 100% the right move. Susie absolutely needed to go with Ken and Crystal because she's obviously on the bottom of the, any Coda alliance. Marcus is a massive threat. You get to take him out and, you know, you could swing the game in your favor in one fell swoop. Yeah, even just looking at it from a math perspective, if you break out the numbers now, let's say Susie is the bottom of this new voting block that might come together. Five is still higher than six. It's true. And I do think that she would be voted out six, whereas, like, you get to that five, the other five, she might be able to make it to three with them. She could be a swing vote. So it does end up, on paper, being the best move for the most number of people on on Fang 3.0. Sorry, on Coda 3.0. Yeah, I know we're used to uh, Fang or Fong yeah, going yeah, to trouble yeah. counts, but Coda's here this time. Yeah, yeah. So for best player, I had Crystal. Uh, she made amends with Maddie. She lured Marcus into a false sense of security and convinced Susie to flip on Marcus. I don't hate the pick. I ended up going with Maddie because anytime you can play hero ball and literally save yourself from doom and destruction, especially, you know, what's going to be getting to emerge. And ultimately, this is going to lead to Marcus's downfall. But I know that that's not him. I just wanted to, to talk about the cascading effect of him winning, so... So it was Maddie your pick? Maddie's my best. The, the, the reason I, I part of the reason I didn't go with Maddie is because I really didn't like the move for him to tell Sugar that Ken was lying. Sure, uh, but uh, to me it was like they they actively said if we lose, Maddie's going yeah. home because Sugar probably has an idol and we want to avoid it. Um, and I tend to weight the the win and in very heavily in, okay. in, in my best worst player rankings. So I feel like it was a no brainer for Susie, so I'm not going to weigh that too heavily for Crystal. Uh, so I'm going to side with Derek and Maddie here. Sure. Don't like it, but okay. Yeah, man. Too uh, bad. This is fair. Uh, my worst player is Bob because he was basically not in the episode. You know, Marcus was trying to make Susie feel better. Where was Bob? What about Bob? He should have been doing that too. You know, this is a this is a two-man job. And he apparently, as far as we can tell, didn't do anything to make Susie feel better uh, and lost a close ally in the process. So Bob is my worst player of the episode. I've got a really weird hot take because for the second time now, I'm going to say that the person who swung over is worst player. I did it with Kelly once already. I'm going to say Susie. For Susie, yes, this gets her further in the game. And yes, I think she made the right move, but I don't think that Susie can win now. Because if she gets to the end with Fong 2.0, Fong 2.0, they played better. They outlasted her, and now Susie has betrayed who would make up the majority of the alliance or of the jury at that point. So I don't think Susie can win the game anymore. So even though she might end up placing higher, I don't think she can win. I think she just lost the game. I, I don't hate your pick. Josh, I know that you might not agree with me on that, but I think that if you lose yourself the game, you have to be worst. I don't understand how voting out potentially the biggest threat changes whether or not she can win the game. Yeah, are you saying if she kept Marcus in the game, she could still win? I'm saying that now she's pissed off everybody who was in the Onion Alliance, and they're going to hate her. And they already really didn't like her, but let's say that for some reason, by some craziness, you know, she stays loyal, and she makes it to a final two with, uh, you know, someone in Fong 2.0. Maybe they're like, okay, at least she stayed loyal, and there was a lot of, like, survivor nonsense that happened that got us voted out, and we were bigger targets, and they're just trying to drag Susie to the end. 
we're going to vote for her out of spite. I think the only way Susie wins before this vote is a spite vote where the majority alliance, the Onion Alliance on the jury votes for her. Now I think she's pissed off the Onion Alliance and there's no way anyone would ever give her majority votes at the end. So I think that her Hail Mary shot to win is now gone. Can she place better? Yes. Do I think her road to final three is more clear? Yes. But I do not think she can win. Who's yours? Bob. It's Bob. Thank you. I I don't even care what your reasoning was. I don't <laughs> I don't I don't understand the argument that Derek is trying to make. Like I understand his reasoning, I just don't agree with. Okay. That's that's fine. And that that's fine. But it's not his worst take he's ever had. Oh no, it is not his worst Probably take. Probably not even the top five bad Derek take. I, I just think it's way too far away to consider someone who is in the same conversation as the entire former Fong tribe as not being able to win. She was very clearly on the outside of the alliance before, so I don't I don't understand why this would be a shocking betrayal or uh, anything. Because they would say we gave you a chance. Yeah, we, and she, we and, voted out Dan instead of you, and now you immediately turn around and betray us. Which I'm not saying that she's in the wrong to do so. She's put herself into this position to fail, but I do think that she can now not win the game. And I, I totally respect the the pick to go with Bob for the worst because she should have tried to do more to bring Susie, you know, back into the Onion Alliance, even though he's out of it, unbeknownst to him. But I saw no way around this when I when I really you know busted out the old finger counting and trying to figure out how she wins. I don't think she can. So that was why. I don't know. I think uh, people are going to be sour grapes. Now they're going to be sour grapes later. So Marcus is on the jury. First member of the jury. Josh loses his winner pick, but we're at the merge. So this is where we would talk about our new winner picks anyway. But Derek and I can only talk about who we would have switched to. Sure. Yeah. Um, where Josh actually gets to make his brand new shiny winner picks. Josh, who you get? So at the time, really the only people that I was thinking fondly about at this point in terms of being able to win the game were really Charlie and Corinne. I know you guys are going to assumingly be very heavy on Randy because you've been very obvious about that this entire pre-merge, but I was not a Randy fan when I watched this, this oh, season. I remember. I remember. Um, so... I was just casting Randy out completely, and I stand by that, <laughs> uh, just because he was the type of person that really annoyed me, and I didn't think that even if he would make it to the end, that he would have a lot of people that would be friends, or uh, pe- people who would want to vote for him. So I-, I would narrow down to more Charlie and Corinne here. The original two from the from the Onion Alliance, I think that the original Fong, are, while they have the numbers, are too incompetent to be able to pull something through to completion. And these two people have a very decent chance at being able to outlast the remaining Fong. In the end, I'm going to go with the guy who I was debating with in my original pick between Marcus and Charlie. Charlie. All right, Derek, you currently have Randy. If you had the opportunity, would you keep him or would you move on to someone else? If I were to move, I think I would move to Charlie but I'm happy where I am with Randy. I think the big tiebreaker for me here is Maddie staying in the game and Marcus leaving because ultimately Randy still has that tie to Maddie, which gives him one person more of lateral movement moving into the the merge. And he also does have connections, be they strained with Kenny and Crystal. Do I think maybe Crystal would want to work with him? Maybe less so than Kenny, but we've also seen Crystal being totally willing to bury the hatchet after going through some pretty tough tribulations. 
But at the same time, Randy is well entrenched in the Onion Alliance now, which still has plenty of power moving into the merge. Uh, so he has the most room to maneuver. I'm happy where I am with Randy. So my pick originally was Ken. If I had gotten the choice, I would have picked Randy. But when I was a kid, I picked Kenny. Um, so I'm stuck with Kenny. But at the merge, Ken and Randy are definitely my top two. Easy, easy, easy. Um, but I think I would have gone with Ken. I think I'd stick with Ken because Randy has had a couple of mean moments, which I would suggest to me he's being set up for a downfall. Edit-wise. Right? Edit-wise. Yeah. Ken is not. Randy has more connections, but I still think Ken of the Fong people is getting a, a solid edit strategic-wise. Like, so was Maddie, but I, I don't think Maddie's very bright. <laughs> so I, I'm like, eh, not Maddie, not Sugar, not Crystal, not Susie. We haven't seen anything of Bob. Corinne and Charlie are good, too, but again, we haven't seen a ton of them. Um, so I think I would have landed on Ken. Interesting. So, best player of the pre-merge. We can only pick the the nine one of the nine people who are still in this game for best and worst player of the pre-merge. Everyone who's been voted out already cannot be picked. Derek, who is your best player of the pre-merge? So, keeping consistent with what I would typically do, I would normally say Charlie. Because, by and large, very chameleon in the pre-merge and then is going into the merge in a power position with a good, strong alliance and the ability to maybe not move so much laterally, but he he's not so rigid. I am going to make an exception this time and say Randy, because I think any time that you get into a tribe swap situation and you can actually transplant somebody out of that alliance and take their place, I need to say like, okay, because of survivor fate, he was not even able to play a camouflaged game, but still somehow played a pretty low-key game just because Coda ended up winning almost everything. So after that tribe swap, everything looked up for Randy, and he did everything he could in order to say, listen, Coda's my tribe now, and it worked. So I I have to say Randy. I, I have to really respect what he was able to do socially and strategically. You could have put it better myself, uh, or I couldn't have put it better You couldn't have put it better <laughs> myself. I'm pretty sure I've said that exact same thing before. It's Randy, best player of the room merge. Yeah, Ultimately, I'm going to agree with uh, you. Along the same lines as Charlie, Ken, I think, should get some sort of honorable mention, although he has had some more negatives to him. Yes, Randy has been a little bit more out there, but I think being able to adapt and assimilate to a tribe swap where you had no business making your way into the main alliance says enough about your ability to play the game. So I'd give it to Randy. Mm -hmm. How about worst player of the pre-merge? I had sugar. Now, don't get me wrong. I, th I think Susie is also down there. But what Susie was able to do was stay valuable long enough to give her an opportunity to survive. And ultimately, she is making the merge. Sugar's making the merge because everyone kept sending her to exile. And then uh, she rode Ace's coattails. And when she finally didn't, it was because she got duped into making a move that was probably not in her best interest at that time. Like, yeah, you need to cut ties with Ace eventually. Probably not before the merge. I almost need to give Sugar an incomplete because she spent so much time on Exile, but every time she wasn't on Exile, it seemed that she was making silly moves, like giving Ace her idol for no reason and then getting it back because Ace was too nice of a guy to put up a stink about it. Sugar with a bullet. Once again, you couldn't have put it better myself. You couldn't have put it better myself. <laughs> it's Sugar. <laughs> I would agree with that, Sugar. And with saying that, I would like to uh, ask Derek a question. Why was it not Susie? I, I know you gave a little bit of reason, and maybe the question shouldn't be, why is it not Susie? I'm going to ask a new question. My question is, 
who would win in a final two, Susie or Sugar? Sugar. Even if she didn't play the game very well, I don't think there's anybody out there who dislikes Sugar. If you end up with a final like in a final two situation, at least people like Sugar and they're like, you know what? The fact that she made it there with like the worst person is super, super impressive in its own right. I think that we would be looking at kind of like a like Nalea Vesepia kind of final two situation where no one's really happy about it. Whoever got voted out in the third spot, everyone would, you know, that would be the jury question. Like, why shouldn't, you know, they be sitting there right now? And you want to know what? We would get two crap answers and then Sugar would win and we would move on from Gabon and it would be whatever. But at least people like Sugar and she hasn't stabbed anyone in the back that's on the jury. So I think that's the big one. Okay. I just wanted to ask that since you had uh, previously said that Susie can't win the game. <laughs> sugar played, and then you gave Sugar the worst of sugar, the sugar, sugar played worse, but I still think Susie can't win. Okay. You know, there's something to be said. You can be a bad player, but likable and still win. Yep. All right. So any any final thoughts before as we're going into the merge? Anything else you guys want to address? I got two things. One we already touched on a little bit. Jeff consistently miffed it on the previously on Survivor. Don't get me wrong. I love it when we can dunk on a tribe that is an absolute train wreck. We did not miss a trick on Oolong in season 10. And we did not, we should not, because Oolong is the most pathetic tribe I've ever seen. Jeff, you need to give credit where it's due. The Kelly pick on the tribe swap was a good move. Fong was not an absolute zero in episode two. And everything they did was not the worst. Give credit where it's due, and that will actually help to enhance the bad things when they happen, because then you've got more of a roller coaster rather than it just being this, like, ugh, we're trying to, like, resuscitate the Fong tribe. We're giving them every opportunity, and they're just crap. So Jeff has been an active detriment to this season, and it was so jarring for me that I noticed it, and I, and I even, like, I took a note, and I messaged you guys about it. So uh, Jeff needs to do better. And my second note is that Bob had his buff tied in a bow tie, and I am 100% here for that energy. He's the Bill Nye the Science Guy yes. survivor. Uh, and he, he looks exactly like him. Yeah. Like, and I swear he's angling for it. Like, he was probably teaching them about chemistry while they were out there. So I just wanted to say, like, you know, Bob, you got replaced in the Alliance. You may have not done a lot of great things, but you're still an older man on Survivor who's made the merge. And the bow tie. I'm here for that energy. Hey, he could have been it. he could have been voted out second like Jillian. Exactly, a hundred percent. So he he did a lot right. For as often as we got to dunk on him, you have to do a lot right to be in the position for us to criticize you this late in the game when you're the older man on the season. Good on you. Sure. Weather report. Anything you want to say? There really isn't anything to talk about for rain. Just like in Survivor Africa, I think the wildlife is maybe the most interesting thing. One thing I did notice, bug bites all over. I'm guessing a lot of that was like fire ants or uh, war ants or whatever they're called. Um, I know Sugar stepped on a a nest at one point. Kenny was eaten alive this whole time. I would be terrified of crocodiles and elephants and and all the... Any animal that's big enough to kill me if it gets mad, like I'm terrified of. But they did get shacks and huts to start with. They both got fire pretty early on. So I, I don't think that it's been overly bad of a time. Exile Island, I think Sugar might have actually had one of the easiest <laughs> times in Survivor history to this point because she lived on Exile on fresh fruit her entire pre-merge. And a hammock and, and a roof. So kind of a mixed bag here. I don't think it's as hard as the original Africa. The water situation oh, seemed better. No. Not even comparable. So I would say landing somewhere maybe in the middle, it certainly was hot. But, you know... 
all in all, not a bad season to be on, but not one of the easiest. You're not on a beach. Yeah. <laughs> Josh. Hello. It's finally your time to shine. Aha, yes. Uh, you are the memorability consultant. You uh, get to decide what is the most memorable moment of every season. We're halfway through through the pre-merge. What would you say is the most memorable moment of the pre-merge for Survivor Gabon? So I, I have two finalists here, and I will offer up nominations if neither of these are on your guys' list. But the two that I had were the overall concept of the Garden of Eden at Exile Island, and just how that entire concept works of being able to choose your comfort and everything, and even on top of that, sugar just going one after another, back to back to back, just continuously. So the sugar shack, essentially. The sugar shack, sugar essentially. Shack. The other one is throwing the idol into the ocean. Those would have been my two nominations. Yeah, I think those two and maybe the, like the elephants showing up at camp. Those, yep. those are what I think of when I think of Gabon pre-merge. Yep. For some reason, I uh, like the wildlife aspect of it. I actually the the one like scene nature wise that really stands out is when Maddie found the or saw the the elephant and everyone went and watched it. I think it like showered itself even or something in the in the river in front of them. That was really the one that stood out to me. But I I think since it's so familiar with season three Africa, it's the novelty of it is not quite there compared to last time. Ultimately, the one that I'm gonna go with that stands out the most is chucking the idol into the ocean <laughs> just because I, it's something that we've never seen before a, a new aspect of gameplay yeah they're uh, game changers game changers uh yeah i can't argue with that one yeah yeah i think that's a good pick yep like it uh so next up we're going to be talking about the post merge of survivor gabon so we'll see how this plays out for our winner picks and the rest of this cast so yeah this this should be fun uh anything else guys you know we didn't mention it at the beginning during housekeeping but Everyone, if you have one friend that you want to tell about this podcast, remember, if everyone tells one person we double in size, we see our listenership growing and we love it and we, we've gotten more messages recently and we love talking about Survivor and we want to be your friends to talk about Survivor with you. So do that if you would like more people to to join this little family, this little club that we're gathering. I would really appreciate it. We we appreciate it. Yes, any questions or comments or if you think we're wrong about a best or worst player or something like that or or one you, of my horrendous takes. Yeah, criticize Derek's take. Actually, yeah, they ignore everything else up until this point and just berate Derek <laughs> yeah. on social media about his terrible takes. Uh yeah, yeah, we 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 love to interact with people on social media, so go ahead and uh, get at us. And then, yeah, go ahead and uh, follow us. Five-star reviews and all that fun stuff. Help us make money, please, and thank you. <laughs> you know, we're all here for the million dollars. Yes. Yeah. Yes. One way or another. One way or another. Uh, anything else, guys? That's it. I'm, I'm, I'm excited to get into the post-merge. All right. This has been the Castbook Consultants. Got nothing else for you. Good night. <laughs>